check, check. Sibilance. 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 Stop clapping. <laughs> I can bring all the claps I want. Can you turn mine down a little bit in my headset? It's just a little blurry. There we go. Basically the same. Perfect. It's going to be epic. I want to thank our new sponsor. No. Tropical no. Cafe. No. Tropical Smoothie Cafe. No. Um, we have a great deal with Wait, them. which one's mine? Is this one mine? That's yours. No. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to get some more mouth feel on that mic? So, uh, yeah, my deal that I worked out with Tropical Smoothie Cafe is I just send up Gabby with money. And then they just give me smoothies. Dude, that's crazy. Yeah. That's sick. It's similar to the sponsorship I have with Discraft. Yeah. So the Discraft sponsorship that I have is actually very complicated. Mm -hmm. Because they send the discs for me. Yeah. And it's like a scavenger hunt. They actually send them kind of all over the place. <laughs> and then I have to go and find them. <laughs> and uh, they, they explain it to me in some way that like... It's, it's a cutback in shipping or something. Yeah. So they just send my discs to like stores, internet sites, all this other stuff. And then to let them know that I found it, I just give those people a little bit of money. And then they report back to Discraft that like I got my discs. Have you ever asked Discraft why it's just always a scavenger hunt? Well, like, they, hey, this they're... is sweet and fun. But like, how about sometimes you just send it to me? Well, uh, they don't really take my phone calls. So. <laughs> So, and, do, and they, do they even know that you're sponsored? Well, that's by the them? thing. They haven't officially said anything <laughs> to me about the sponsorship, but yeah. I know, like I, I, I can tell, like when I get to the store yeah. and I, and I see it and I'm like, oh shit, they put this here for me. Yeah. And then I just assume that that's part of the sponsorship. Yeah. <laughs> so it's complicated. I know that sponsorships are complicated, but you know, I, I have, I have a scavenger hunt sponsorship. Mm. Mm -hmm. I never went to Specs Howard, but I think like their first class that you have in terms of doing like any kind of broadcasting is like <laughs> what not to do with your mouth and nose close to a microphone. And uh, I think you just you 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 just like <laughs> I got this guy. Like, yeah, this, <laughs> this guy keeps texting me from Specs Howard, like, hey. You want to sign up for classes? And <laughs> just keep ignoring him. Cheers. Cheers. Is this new? Why don't you jam your thumb into it? <laughs> um, no, that's just a regular actual pre-workout. Really? I didn't get yeah. like my face goes. Not yet. Okay. It's a buildup. This is actually the strongest one. Really? Yeah. And I just put like one scoop, so like one actual pre-workout. So we're just like splitting a pre-workout. Okay. So it's not going to be anything nuts. Oh. But that's the actual, that, like that pre-workout is actually the strongest one. Nice. So we each took like half of a strong pre-workout. Okay. So let's get into it. Welcome. Welcome back. Welcome back <laughs> to this Monday morning edition. It is a grainy day today it's 
gray. It's supposed uh, to rain later. I just came up with grainy on the spot. Whatever. You know. I'm on fire today. Rule. <laughs> <laughs> Rules, they don't apply to you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So how was your weekend? Dude, this one died. Yeah, I told you it's 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 the it's, one that you lit. I mean, I know limp. you lit too, but yeah, but the the wick is like bent over into the wax. You didn't so. even try taking it out of the wax and then light. No, because I really didn't care at all. Thanks. No, it has. Nothing, I really appreciate. It has nothing that. to do with you. It's my side of the table. Oh, and you just it's dude. The, I took the time to set you up something it's the really nice. One. Because you're like, now I you're, don't know what to now, put out. Now I'm starting. And to then I'm bad. like, I, I see some sweet wasps, now and I'm then I'm bad. like. Wow, he's got way more than I thought. So let's let's put them all up there just to hmm. flex on them. Yeah, now you're flexing people. on me. A lot of hostility <laughs> on this Monday. So my weekend is good. Why do you need a whole roll of paper towel? Well, I don't. I just normally we kind of <laughs> have too much mu- Yeah, I think you made a little mess over there. Where? I don't know. Okay. Do I need a paper towel just because? No. Okay. But when I don't have the paper towel is when you need the paper towel. So I'm just trying to be a good host. I already blew it with a candle. I yeah, wait a... It's all falling apart. Anyways, sounds good. My weekend was good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What'd you do this weekend? Awkward as fuck. Because we had like no tournaments going on. So Yeah. Well, Friday we did the... We did a lot. We yeah. worked out. First thing we did the bin challenge. Yep. Uh, check it out. It'll be up soon. Or it'll probably be up for sure by the time this A is lot up. of stuff is going to be edited today. There's a lot going on this weekend. And then by the time I got home yesterday, I was just like, yeah. I'm just going to lay down. Yeah. <laughs> it was like 11 when I got home really? after like a full day of golfing. Yeah. Yeah. It was sweet. <laughs> yeah. So Friday we did the bin challenge. Yep. I lost. That's why the Pete Weber's still on that side of the table. Mm-hmm. Um, And then we did the podcast. Yep. And then we worked out. Yep. Yes. And then I went and filmed varsity football, which Fo- was actually so football. It was football. Oh, yeah. okay, cool. Uh, I thought it was soccer. It was not. Cool. It was football, mm-hmm. and it was it was solid. Like yeah. a lot of it's for Rochester high schools now for me. And then uh, Saturday, there was a varsity soccer game that I was supposed to film. I drove forty five minutes there to realize that Rochester canceled because possibly someone tested positive. Mm-hmm. So I was like, that's cool. Yeah, <laughs> Still nope. got paid for it, which is nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I went and filmed football in Pontiac. Okay. And it was Macomb versus Pontiac schools. And it was like, I forget the divisions. I've never gotten into football. So like my football, <laughs> how it's played is very limited. <laughs> or I didn't but know like, that. Really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. Like my parents weren't. Like sports, sports fanatics, yeah. yeah. Like my dad's computer nerds, whatever. I was talking to him about it. He's like, yeah, I just, I'm not really interested. I was like, yeah, I know. And uh, and it's just funny, like how much more into it I'm in or into it now versus yeah. then. Because then it was a lot of like, I could give two shits about yeah. like a lot of sports or whatever. And uh, now it's just like, I'm into it. I yeah. like it. I realized that middle school sports is like, I'd rather go watch varsity, like high school, yeah. whatever, because <laughs> the the plays were just bad. The coaches were ridiculous, and you could tell, at least for me, and I'm sure it's totally obvious for a lot of other people that middle school organization for at least for this one team was totally disheveled, like across the board. Yeah, and then the other team was like at least clear and concise and organized and had a plan of attack and everything. Yeah. 
it was a long, grueling day. So, I went from doing like one soccer game and got canceled to drive to Pontiac and did three games in a row. Yeah. And by the end of it, it was like, God damn it. Like, <laughs> so did, did the disheveled team win? No, they won no. zero games. <laughs> and I think my favorite part was listening to the announcer because the announcer was one of like the assistant coaches or like, uh, assistant to an assistant coach like he's trying to get into it he was like new at announcing like i could tell yeah and you could just (laughs) tell because he was very excited for his team scoring and then when it was like the macomb mustang scored he's like and the macomb mustang scored he like would lean away from the mic and like very unenthusiastic which i mean makes sense but also it was just so funny like the hurt you could hear in his voice after they scored like the first touchdown kicked the field goal second touchdown made the field goal third it's like macomb mustangs 27 to 0 at the end of the fourth quarter yeah <laughs> like every time and he's up there great. like drinking yeah. scotch <laughs> oh yeah he was pissed yeah he's like loaded by the end of it yeah oh it was great yeah <laughs> yeah actually i have a lot of fun like filming these yeah which is i'm great. sure yeah i'm sure it's wildly <laughs> yeah. entertaining yeah yeah it's awesome. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. Yeah, and you can kind of set your own mood because you're not tied to any of the outcomes. Yeah. So you're just there literally as a neutral, non-invested viewer. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, I I totally missed a play, which was fine because the play sucked anyways. Like, yeah. And it was because I was watching. I don't know if it was a parent or a coach that was hurt because he was on crutches or whatever, but he was screaming at, what was it, number two? 53 are we are we at middle school still at this point yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. it's all middle school it's just like or not all the two uh, either way yeah the it's probably the teams it's like 13 to whatever the hell it is for that division and he was just going off on this kid and he was like screaming at it the pontiac team did not want to hit they didn't like i again i could tell like they just don't want to hit or like they get the ball and they break away, and the dude is like ahead of McCon, and he, you can see he's just like la 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 la. Yeah. And I'm sitting there like run, run, like right. why aren't you running? Like you you inter- I think he intercepted. Yeah. And then just like took off down the fucking one side, and then just got tackled out of bounds. Yeah. And it's just like dude, you had it. Yeah. You, you were right fucking there. <laughs> like I don't know the parent. Like you're grounded. Like you can't run. Like do the running stuff. But. Yeah. So this guy's yelling at this kid, and he's just like, just jump on the ground. Like, just jump in the air and fall on the ground like a dead fish or whatever. And he just couldn't do it right or whatever. And a lot of it yeah. was like, don't use your arms. I don't want to see arms. I just want up, down, like, bam. Yeah. Like, it was just funny to me because it's like it seems like a hard thing to do when your body's just like, we don't want to do that. Right. Like, it's, it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> I got entirely sidetracked by it because it lasted for a good, like, two minutes or something like that and then afterwards of like him jumping up and falling in the ground he like made him run and all this other stuff and then all the other coaches are yelling at other coaches like on their side like the one coach is yelling at another coach to coach better (laughs) stuff meanwhile this guy's up here just like taking pictures on his ipad and stuff it it was very entertaining just in that sense like at least this part was fun like the games itself or like whatever yeah and uh yeah i don't know but the the friday game was a lot of fun like it was sick to watch both teams were very good yeah and 
Oh, and a dude. So I was up in the press box on whatever, like at the very top. And there is a very, I don't know if he loves football or if it's literally like his parents were like a football and like the field goal and yeah. they made him or something. I don't know. He was loud, like yelling at the top of his lungs and he was very pissed when his team wasn't scoring or whatever. And I don't know if he was up there because that was only for media coverage. So it was yeah. like me and like four other camera guys. One was live streaming. And I'm just like there to capture. I'm not sure what he was doing because after he did all his screaming and yelling at one point, there was like a shitty tackle attempted or whatever. And he wanted the call. I was like, oh, he's like, what? I don't remember what tackling rules are, but he yeah. like hit the legs like really low or at the knee or whatever. Yeah. And they didn't call it. And he's just losing his mind. Like when I say he's screaming at the top of his lungs, no matter what it is, at what point in time, he's yeah. going for like a solid half hour. And then at one point he makes that, or he makes that um, argument to the ether. Right. And then just like blacks out. I don't know. Like he fell on the ground. I thought he was being like the dramatic guy, like, oh my, and he like flails on the ground. And then I realized like, oh, he like actually blacked out, got lightheaded and fell over or what? I don't know. Yeah. And I wasn't sure what to do. Everybody else was on it, which I was like, thank, because like, I have to like film this or like, I wasn't sure. Like, I haven't witnessed this like, yeah, basically ever. And then like paramedics were already there and everything. Then he got up. He's like, oh, I'm good. I figured he was fine because he just blacked out. He didn't hit his head. He literally just fell on turf. But still, it was just like, what the shit? Amanda was with me, too. Yeah. And uh, it was just like, what happened? Like, I didn't know she was paying attention. But, yeah, that was kind of nutty. Like, I didn't know. <laughs> like, I don't know what I can be so adamant about that I'm just sitting there screaming about it for like a half hour. Till you lose consciousness. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, it, seem, it seems like yeah. little kid football is probably that, that thing. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I guess. I yeah. Mean. I, I got two funny things with that. One, I played, I was really good at soccer. Okay. Nobody gave a shit about soccer. Yeah. Everybody played baseball when yeah. I was a kid. Soccer's grown since then. Like, yeah. I, I grew up in Berkeley. I played soccer where, like, the city of Berkeley didn't even have youth soccer. Okay. So, my dad actually, like, this is, is going to be committed to the internet. My dad's dead, so it doesn't matter. But um, we made a team. My dad made okay. a team, and then we played in the Ferndale League mm -hmm. as, like, an outside team. Okay. And they let us because we were the – Ferndale's a really nice city yeah. in terms of, like, friendliness. Yeah. And uh, at this point, it's a nice city to live in, but at that time, it really wasn't the best place to live. No? Uh, no. <laughs> um, but anyways, they let us, like, play in the league. And so for letting us play in the league, um, my dad just had kids on the team that were too old. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> we went by like a year or two. Yeah, by like okay. a year. But okay. it's a big deal yeah. in soccer, right? Because yeah. it was like crucial years, like the years when you start to like you know grow and become like yes. a big person. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> like all of a sudden we yeah. had Eric Rondo. My I like I played on a team with my brother. My brother's two years older than me, and it was like yeah. the cutoff was like I think maybe like right around my brother's birthday. But then we had people that were like <laughs> their birthdays were later were earlier than my brother's, so they definitely were not. Uh, I didn't understand this till later on in life, but I, I got it now. Um, so the city of Berkeley gave us a budget from like the Parks and Rec Center for like uniforms and stuff, since we're going to represent Berkeley and whatever. My dad had petitioned them. 
So we got uniforms and uh, we went down and played against like kids, you know, and we were kids, but we were slightly older than yeah. those kids. Basically so adults. we went like super undefeated and it was like <laughs> bad. Like we had Eric Rondo. I don't like I still remember these people. We had Eric Rondo who was super fucking fast mm-hmm. and uh, my brother was pretty fast and whatever. Um, yeah, we went like completely crazy undefeated. And so then, like, <laughs> at the end of the season, they, like, were, like, yeah, you guys can't play in our league anymore. Yeah. So because we won, but were, like, kicked out of the league, they didn't do anything for us being the winners. So yeah. my dad, again, petitioned City of Berkeley Parks and Rec for, like, money for, like, a trophy or something. Yeah. Because we be like, these kids worked hard all year, yada, yada. So the city, like, kicked in some money. So my dad bought a trophy that was, like, four feet tall. <laughs> like really like legit it was like four levels you know what i mean like at yeah. the bottom the posts are like pretty big and then a little bit smaller and a little bit smaller and there's like yeah you know, like an angel or something on top i don't know whatever it is and a cup in the middle and like a plaque and so we had like a little banquet at the uh, rec center in berkeley on catalpa there and uh you know we had like a little banquet or whatever and yeah and just like reveled in our like illegitimate <laughs> victories and and whatever and then my dad just kept the trophy and so we had it at my house i threw it away after my dad died but yeah really yeah oh yeah why because it was a it was a fraud it was a sham and it was yeah but it's like there's a story no but it was too much it was just too much like so my dad right put together a team that didn't meet the requirements (laughs) to go beat up a bunch of kids that were like actually meet or were it was overexceeded. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> and then had the city of Berkeley buy him a trophy for doing so. And then, like, as a grown-ass adult, like, just reveled in that trophy. Yeah. So I just, I had to get rid of it. But, yeah, uh, yeah it was hilarious. So we had that. And then, uh, <laughs> so after a few years, when I turned eight, I think at that point I was, like, six or seven. My brother was, like, eight or nine or something. So at eight, you can start to play Little League Baseball in mm-hmm. Berkeley. You used to be able to. I don't know what it is now because I don't follow little kid sports. Yeah. Um, shockingly enough. But that crazy. So I took – at that point, like, I had become a really good soccer player because I had been playing soccer since I was, like, born. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went and played Little League Baseball. I had a good arm. I was like, oh, this would be sweet. Yeah. But, again, just, like, my lack of swimming ability, like – you have a lack of swimming ability? Oh, yeah, dude. I'm a terrible oh, swimmer. So, Because how do you learn how to swim? And how do you swim? Yeah. You have to go to a pool. Yeah. So to go to a pool would have involved like my dad loading us up in the car and taking us <laughs> to a pool? No. So the only time I got to go in the pool is when we could nag the kid down the street, Brianna, to ask her mom to let us go into her pool. And then we would go in there. But we would just like flail around. Like it wasn't like, okay, kids, quit playing around. I got to learn how to swim. Because I was going to be embarrassed as an adult, which yeah. is what ended up happening. But um like if we were going to the I, I, i'm not gonna drown okay but i'm not confident i'm not comfortable <laughs> and i'm in no way efficient <laughs> so it is what it is gabby makes fun of me everybody makes fun of me when i dated natalia when she lived in miami like we would go in the ocean like every time i'd go there and yeah. i was always just like oh and they would make fun of me all the <laughs> oh time my God. but yeah so my swimming ability is limited because we never yeah. got taken to a pool and yeah. when we went to the lake it was fishing time yeah like we very rarely ever went to like the beach part of the lake we were gotcha. always fishing. So I didn't really learn how to swim. So baseball, like I can throw really well mm-hmm. to this day. I don't know how well I could throw, but I used to be able to throw like really, really well. And I'm fast. Mm-hmm. So that part of the game's good. But the batting part, 
how do you get good at batting, right? Like you're not hitting it off a tee. Yeah. You have to go to like a batting cage. Yeah. Yeah. I think we went to a batting cage like twice. <laughs> so like, <laughs> so I'm good in the field, right? Yeah. And I'm good at like running the bases, but like contact. Hitting next. Hitting. Darren not Harrison. So, good. Ah. so first game in Little League, there's something where you have to like rotate the players through. It's like you actually have to bat or whatever it is. Like you can't just ride the pine the whole game. Yeah. So my first game, first up to bat, I'm standing there and I like tap the bat on the plate and I'm getting ready with my like pre-routine. Yeah. And as I'm doing that, the pitcher threw the ball and it was a strike. Like I didn't even have the bat up on my shoulder. Yeah. Like it's down here. I'm like looking down and then like as I'm bringing the bat up, the ball comes by and the, and the umpire is like, strike. Wait, so I backed up and I was like, what the fuck was that? Like I was like, yeah. that's total nonsense. And uh, my coach, I'm not going to say his name. He was a drunk. And yeah. then he just was like yelling at me, get back in there, blah, blah, blah. I was like, okay, cool. So yeah. I get in there. <laughs> okay, so then I, cool. So I just walk into the into the like box and with the bat like on my shoulder. I'm already unnerved. I like walk in there and this fucking guy just rifles me in the ribs. Like full ball, full boat, right into the side. Yeah. And I was like, oh and I just started crying. So the, strike two. The, yeah, no, they didn't call that a strike. Yeah. So the coach comes over and I'm crying because like he threw it like as hard as he could. I'm eight, yeah, and it just blasted yeah. me. I think I think on my team you could be like up to ten because I, I think I was the same eight, like in the same little league or whatever as my brother, and he was two years older than me. So it's like a ten year old full bore right into my ribs. Yeah, and I'm already upset because I felt like I got fucked on the first strike. Yeah, so my emotions are running high, <laughs> and uh, my coach comes over and he's like, "Go to you get to go to first. And I'm like, and I was like crying. And he turns to me and he goes, you don't want everybody to see what a baby you are. Just go to first base. And I remember looking at him like, what the fuck is that? I mean, so I went, so I went to first base and I remember like that day being like, fuck this. I am not doing this. Yeah. And, uh, the season was broken up into two parts. And so I was like, okay, cool. Whatever. I'm not, I'm not doing this again. So I think I got one hit all season. I got a double. Other than that, it was just like go up to the plate. Who knows? I was so nervous after that getting hit. I got hit one more time. Oh like, god! It, I think in the first game, like I think like the same game. I don't know my memory. I was eight, yeah. but I know I got hit again. And I remember like the rest of the season, I was just like every time I go up there, I was like, "What the fuck is gonna go on?" Yeah. We went to the batting cage like twice, so I never got to, like hone any skills. The only time I got to hit a ball was like at practice. Um, but I did get a double, like the second to last game of the season. Nice. But like the morale, when I'd go to bat, they're like, oh, here we go. Like basically it was all the eight-year-olds anyways. Like there are yeah. a couple eight-year-olds that would like get hits. But for the most part, like the little kids on the team, when they go to bat, they're like, here we go. Here's an out. Yeah. And I went from the sport where like I was literally like the most dominant guy yeah. to like being a total fucking scrub. Yeah. And I'm getting hit and like yelled at by this <laughs> drunk. And I'm just like, dude, fuck this. Like, why would I ever do this? Yeah. So after the first half of the season, like it's two different parts or whatever. I was just like, yeah, I'm good. Mm-hmm. I'm good. This was great. Fuck baseball. Yeah. Who cares? I'm going to go play soccer. And, uh, and then I just went back to playing soccer. And after, after that, like it was ridiculous. So I was like super pumped about that. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, the co the coaching situation, I don't know how it is now because it's a lot more like interactive. But when I was a kid, the coaching situation was nuts. Like I can remember him drinking beer at practice. Like, crack, really? yeah, like cracking cans, <laughs> he, like one of his sons, uh, was on our team. And I remember just him getting into it with his son at nice. practice like almost every time Perfect. and i was just like dude this is a shit show yeah like, what is going on here 
Yeah. He's like trying to live vicariously through his son and his son's just like not wanting to do any of it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And the other thing with yeah. yeah, I don't know. He was a little guy too, which I thought was kind of funny. Yeah. Like baseball has a whole bunch of little guys sometimes, you know. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. But uh yeah, so I went golfing this weekend. I went golfing on Saturday. After yeah. Friday, I was still pretty sore. I stretched out a bunch, stretched out my back. And then uh Saturday got up, did some stuff, whatever. I I worked to reorganize the bins a little bit because they were unorganized and it was driving me crazy. Yeah, and it's a Darren thing. And to me, like this has to be in good shape. Yeah. Um, so then we went to Ann Arbor to go golfing with uh one of Gabby's best friends, Sydney. Sydney's dad is an avid golfer and belongs to the country club in Ann Arbor, Barton Hills, and uh. So he wanted to. He he is always trying to get Sydney to do whatever, just to spend time. He loves his daughter. He's a great guy, great mm-hmm. dad, and um, shout out to Mark, phenomenal human being. Yeah. So way to uh, be a good human being. Yeah, way to be yeah. amazing. Yeah. And so he wanted Sydney to come out. So Sydney was like, "Well, it was the day we were supposed to get married. It was Saturday." Mm-hmm. So she's like, "Well, I'm spending the day with Darren and Gabby because they're supposed to get married. They were supposed to get married before COVID." Uh, so can they come? And he was like, yeah, whatever. Like everybody can come. No big deal. So I was super excited because I was like, fuck yeah, I get to go golf at a course I can never golf at and yeah, whatever. I've already gone golfing three times this year. Mm-hmm. Wow. First one went well. Yeah. Second two. <laughs> Dicey. <laughs> Things. So I was like, here we go. And then I was like, oh, I hope I don't embarrass myself like at the country club. Like obviously if this guy belongs to a country club, like he golfs a lot. Yeah. Because it's a lot of money to belong to a country club. You don't yeah. just do it so you can go get dinners there. Yeah. Um. So we got there and whatever. Like I like to have time to warm up, hit some balls and putt and stuff, especially my back being tight. I was a little nervous. But uh, first drive, I kind of blew because I was worried about my back. So I just kind of tight on my swing. Two off the first, though. Second one was a little bit better. And then I hit a good iron shot. First drive on the second hole, same thing. Total shit. No two off the second. Iron shot was pretty good. But I ended up shooting the best nine of my life. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, I hit the fucking green from everywhere. Like, I, I, I hit the green out of the rough from like i don't even know buck 85 like pulling down on a six iron like with a draw and mm-hmm. it did it and like it hit the green and then like rolled <coughs> over and like got stopped right on the fringe and i was like yeah all right cool yeah and then you uh, yeah. Yeah, puppy was just <laughs> looking around like, <laughs> ladies yeah. so when i went to uh houghton lake the second round i played in houghton lake with my uncle and my cousin um, I think I had a couple of four putts and I had at least a few three putts mm-hmm. for sure. And, uh, I was on a streak there at, at Barton Hills, which is a way, way harder course that we were playing where I got like, I think three pars in a row and a birdie. And the most that I had done was two putt. Mm-hmm. And then we we're on like the seventh hole and Mark later turned to me, he goes, wow, you're a really good putter. Yeah. And I was like, today, <laughs> it doesn't always go like this. Yeah. But uh, it was it was so great. It was like like I it made me remember like how much I like playing traditional golf, you know. Yeah. And like I just love golf in general. Yeah. Like I could I could. One day I'll play around. Yeah. Yeah. We got to go out. <laughs> I I'll know. Because we can just throw Gabby's clubs on the cart. Okay. Because you have to have a set of clubs per person. Gotcha. But they're not going to inspect the clubs and be like. You're playing with this women's set from Dunham's. Yeah. Like, fuck yeah, I am. Don't assume my gender. Yeah. Bitch. Um, but <laughs> yeah. Make me call my dad. <laughs> but yeah, we'll hit the driving range and then go. Maybe that's the next next thing we'll do. 
Okay. We'll hit the driving range. We can do like a combo and go play like 18 and 18 Ooh. and just really beat the shit out of our bodies. Yeah. Yeah. Sick. Yeah. I think yeah, that, I hate my body. I think that's what we'll do. I think that'll be great. Figure out a day because it's going to, it's, it's going to be easiest for golf soon. Mm-hmm. Um, but once the leaves like really start to fall, it becomes really difficult because it's hard to find your ball mm-hmm. just because there's so many leaves and like it just started. So like a couple of holes, we were looking for the ball and like there are leaves and then you're like, fuck, is that a leaf or a ball? And it makes it more difficult. And once they really fall, like it's really difficult yeah. and you're going to get annoyed with losing balls anyways. It's just yeah. part of early golf. Probably not hitting it and losing your ball. Those yeah. are the big like frustrations <laughs> of early golf. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I had a hilarious moment, which I was telling you about before we started. We're on the ninth hole. I'm at 35 after eight. Mm-hmm. So I was like a few over par. I finished seven over par and I took a triple on the last hole. So I was four over after eight holes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's insane. <laughs> yeah. Like, so I was like, okay, cool. So there's like a, a pond off to the left, but like way off to the left, like <laughs> diagonal away from you. And I turned to Mark and I was like, oh, there's water on this one. And he goes, yeah, it doesn't come into play. And I was like, okay. So then I stand there and I was like, this is going to be the best eight of my life. Yeah. So then I was thinking, like, I'm going to fucking send this. So as you know, when you think, I'm going to fucking send this, yeah. totally pulled it, opened up my stance, hit the ball, it hit across, bounced, dribbled, and then rolled right into the pond. Mm. I was like, ah, that pond's not in play. <laughs> Watch this. Yeah. Totally smashed it in there. Um, <laughs> but then I like, kind of made up for it and, and got out of there. And then I think I, I, I three-putted on that hole to finish with the eight and then i you know finished with the 43 which was pretty good nice yes how good of a golfer is mark um it's hard to say because in all honesty which was heartwarming he was actually really distracted with gabby and sydney okay and his number one priority even before we ever teed off he told me he goes i might not even play all the holes because i want to make sure that like one our pace of play is okay because he doesn't want to embarrass himself at his club yeah. By like holding everybody up. And two, I want to make sure like that they're good. Yeah. And I said, okay. And I thought that that was like an out in case stuff starts going shitty. Yeah. But the reality was, is he was really consumed with like how the girls were and how they were doing and whatever. Gotcha. Um, I tried to stay out of it because I know Gabby taking instruction from me mm-hmm. on anything yeah. gets real dicey. Yeah. And so I didn't want to like suffocate her good time, you know, like. Being the guy, like, here's how to do it, instead of, like, just going out and having fun. Yeah, Yeah. every flame needs air, right? You don't want to, like, you want to let that passion grow for the sport. You don't want to be like, no, keep your head down. No, keep your shoulders straight. You know, like, so we got there, and uh, he lied to them and told them that the tea time was actually way earlier than it was. Brilliant move. Mm -hmm. Because I didn't know what time the tea time was. And then I'm driving to the course, um, and I was like, what time's the tea time? And we were teeing off in 20 minutes. And I was like, okay. Just so you know, in golf, you're always going to want to get there at least 20 minutes early because they have a thing called a practice green. Mm-hmm. So you can putt on it, and it's cut the same way that the greens on the course are cut. So you can see like how fast the greens are for the day. Yeah. Also, it's pretty good to like use your body a little bit before you're going to try to like mash balls. Yeah. So that way you don't pull something or whatever. Yeah. Hey, body, we're going to go do this. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. all of a sudden, here we go. <laughs> so, uh, so we got there. I got out of the cart. I'm kind of like puckered up, you know, because I'm like, fuck, how's this going to go? Um. And then I was like, yeah, sorry that we got here late. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, don't worry. The tea time isn't until blah, blah, blah. And I said, you're kind of a genius. And he's yeah. like, oh, I've been here before. I yeah. said, oh, okay, cool. 
<laughs> so we had time, and then he took us over. He's like, well, there's a putting green if you want to putt, and uh, I'm just going to get Sydney kind of on the right the right path mm-hmm. um, and get her like making contact before we play, because otherwise it can be brutal yeah. in terms of her mood, not in terms of performance. Gotcha. So uh, the two of them together, Bip and Bop, which is what I've named them, they were just Bip and Bop the whole time. Yeah. And then they were <laughs> trashed. <laughs> so we're on hole eight. And uh, they're lined up like uh, one of them picked up their ball at some point. So they put their balls like basically, you know, kind of equidistant from the hole and about 15 feet apart from each other, which is already kind of dangerous. But yeah, whatever. Gabby's on this side. Sydney's on that side. Mark and I are in the golf cart and we're pulling up. And then Mark looked down at his phone and we looked down at his phone. And they both swung. The club actually came out of Gabby's hand, <laughs> flew behind her. And then Sydney just hit the deck because she was laughing. And then was like literally like laid out on the ground laughing. And then Mark looked back up and he goes, oh, my God, what happened? And I said, oh, Gabby dropped her club and Sydney fell down. He's like, alcohol might be a factor at this point. And I said, yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. Oh and then God. the next swing... They set them down. They were on opposite sides, and Sydney was too close to the cart. So yeah. when she swung on her back through, she just roasted the hood of the like the, <laughs> the roof of the cart with her club. And then Mark was like, "I think we're done." <laughs> so then they just kind of picked up, and I was the only one, I was the only one that actually played out the last hole. Gotcha. Because Mark was kind of done with it, and he was just yeah. joking around with them. And, and they're basically non-existent. <laughs> they, were, they were done at that point. So they had been making Snapchats the whole time, and whatever. It was pretty funny. That's amazing. And then in the morning, I got up, drove Gabby home so she could have Sunday fun day with a different friend of hers, Hannah. Mm-hmm. And then I went and played uh, while I came home and completed finishing the bins. Top priority. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went and met up with uh, Will. And we went and had a uh, chalice, Challenger Cup, Challenger Chalice mm-hmm. uh, hardware playoff at uh, Mott Park in Flint. And we played two rounds there. And uh, I love that course. Yeah, I just they put in the concrete tee pads for the longs, and uh, I I really 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 like that course. Mm-hmm. It's uh it's like a city park, you know what I mean? It's not like firefighters. It's more like I don't know what I'd compare it to. It's not on a huge plot of land, um, and it's very much in like a park. But the way that they set the course up on the park, there's a whole bunch of different shots, and then there's a lot of out of bounds mm-hmm. when you get back to that corner and that is the separator yeah you know it's like if you just play it safe you're gonna par the first one and then bogey the next one and then the one after that you can par or bogey depending on how you play it and if you just accept that that's how it goes Mm -hmm. but if you ever try to go for it Dude, you, like you can ring up a seven on that hole, no problem. Yeah, yeah. There's only one hole out there that I have no idea how to do, and it's a long pad on twelve. You're throwing over this like butterfly sanctuary, like literally, that's what it is, and it's okay. like all these like plants that are over my head, and you just throw over this corner, but the, it's like a pretty big corner that you're throwing over, and then down to like a little thing, and then there's some trees there, and then the baskets behind it. It's a pretty far shot over the stuff. It's not super far, but it's a pretty far shot over it. But it's hard to get like an angle over it because there's like a random tree in there and then like these parts of it are are taller. So I just go out of bounds there all the time. Mm-hmm. I like don't quite make it over. You know, like I both How far is the hole? Like and how's it laid out? So basically I, I can do it on here. So if here is the thing, the tee pads like kind of right here facing this way mm-hmm. there's trees there's like two clumps of trees over here and the basket's kind of behind that tree and then the ob 
kind of comes like out and around here. Mm-hmm. So you're just facing OB. And there's gotcha. no way, like you can't really, like it would be kind of an odd forehand if you were to forehand around the OB this way and not actually engage the OB. So um, the thing with the OB is in a lot of places, it's like eight or 10 feet tall. Yeah. So you can't, like you can throw a hyzer, but there's like a tree, like basically right into the hyzer line. So you can kind of throw a flex or I don't know. It's just a weird line with the distance you have to cover. So weird. I don't think it'd be a big deal for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like right at a weird distance for me. Maybe our next challenge that we do is just at Mott. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we we should at least just go play Mott. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, whatever. Yeah. Maybe we can see if there's a golf course out there. Mm -hmm. We could go do Mott and then do a golf course. We'll have to figure out what that would be um yeah but i anyways i I love that course it's fun it's good good shots uh it's a good mental course because there's any number of holes out there that you can fall apart on and you have to be able to like get to the next tee pad and be like all right we're going from here right yeah uh in the tournament or whatever that's the one where i saw lyle downing just continuously throw discs out of bounds because he he didn't want his rate his round to count against his rating nice and then phil Yelled at him after the round, and it was epic. Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, you're a professional. You're sponsored. You're representing a company. I mean, after everything, I'm not surprised that. Yeah. Well, this was before all that. Uh, yeah. I haven't seen him since all that. Yeah. Yeah. I did. Um, you saw him since? After that? Yeah. He was at Kensington one time. I was out there with. No, I mean, after the internet. Yeah. Really? Yeah. After the, the thing. The 12. Yeah. Yeah, the dirty dozen yeah, or whatever. Yeah. 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 I saw him out at Black Locust, and I was with Fred and Austin, I think. And Fred and I made, like, the eye contact. And then I think, what was that? I think Austin saw us do that or whatever. And then it was him and his girlfriend's dad. So him and his girlfriend's dad play disc golf pretty frequently. And he's, like, highly encouraging in doing it. I don't know what he's up to. It's been, like, he's a weird guy kind of like yeah. i don't know either way we saw or he saw them and you're like oh we play with that guy yada 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 and he's like he's pretty good and blah 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 it's like yeah like he can do some good stuff or whatever but it's like i didn't say anything yeah because it's just like i like what do you yeah do and things and stuff but yeah, yeah it was very eerie like Man, that is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't awkward. Like, it's awkward. Yeah, yeah. Awkward to interact yeah, with. Yeah, Lyle Downing is, uh, yeah. It's awkward. Kind of sleazy. Yeah. So, <laughs> anyways, I got done I got done playing Matt with Will. Yeah. And uh, my first round wasn't that hot. My second round was actually re- <clears throat> pretty good. I didn't try to throw real hard because my back still, I'm like, I don't want to whatever. What's um, course par there? You know? I have no idea. Okay. 18 holes, 54. Yeah, but yeah. any like legit par yeah. fours. There's some there's okay. some serious legit par fours. Gotcha. Um I think there's one hole there that I've never threed. Mm-hmm. Or maybe I have threed like once or something. But is it the one hole you just described to me? No. Okay. No, no, no. It's it that one there's like really no OB. Like sometimes they'll let the grass grow in and do OB, but now they've planted trees there, so I don't think that they're gonna do that again. Okay. Um it's just kind of a long hole, and it's a little bit of a weird setup because you're throwing for tournaments. They have you throw off the sidewalk, and then there's like a hill down, and then there's the flat, but there's kind of trees in front of you, and so you throw out off, and you can either throw like a flex out, or you can throw 
I guess you could throw a hyzer flip straight up, which is what I used to do, or you can just throw a straight hyzer. But the way that the second shot sets up is a little weird. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's pretty open, but if you if you go off too far to the right on the drive, which is the miss, instead of missing too far off to the left, if you go off too far to the right, you don't really have like a hyzer going into it. And uh, I don't know how long that hole is, but it's two for me. It's two good drives. Okay, like I got to get a good one off the tee, and then a good one off my second shot to be in the circle. So I know I, now that I'm thinking about it, I think I have, um, I think I have parred it, but because uh, I've gotten past the pin in two, and I remember when I did it, I like lost my mind. Yeah, you know, <laughs> like me. Um, Typical Darren fashion. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty gritty kid from the streets of berkeley but um yeah so after we got done my back felt great good i was really nervous about it for golf because that's how i think i kind of tweaked it was golfing Mm -hmm. um so i stretched out for like a half an hour before we went because the girls had to get ready and that's usually dead time for me so yeah i stretched out a good amount went and played golf it loosened up after like two holes and i was fine um but after playing sunday i was like really loose so on the way home i was like i'm gonna stop and throw just to like really throw because I haven't really thrown in like weeks, yeah, or not in weeks, but like probably a week and a half, right? Since my, since it started getting a little tight, so um, yeah, so I just stopped at firefighters, just randomly. I was like, yeah. I'm just gonna throw. Like we had talked about, it, like <laughs> I got nostalgic and I was like, I'm taking my cart and I'm gonna throw for aces. So I just like did a warm up standstill at eight, almost got it, didn't, and then went to nine, kind of did the same thing, mm-hmm. almost got it, didn't, and then uh, I was like, well, I'm gonna throw hole one, but I was throwing hole one like full bore. Yeah. Which felt great. Like it was so good to like pull everything through and like really rip. And my back was totally fine and everything felt good. And it actually like loosened up my back more. So I was like, cool. Like yeah. It, it's, it's, it's sweet. So, um, yeah, just working on the timing of like actually bringing my arm back in and coming back through instead of like whipping it around. Yeah. Uh, and it was cool. I got some cool throws. Good. And then I went out and tried to throw five and then it started raining. Nice. And so I, I was wondering if it was going to rain yesterday. Yeah. Turns out it rained out here and not at Birchfield. Yeah. Thankfully. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I treated myself to some Wendy's on the way home. Nice. Yeah. And then just came home and vegged out. I started watching uh, 2019 USDGC mm-hmm. just to get ready. Yeah. You know, for my viewership. I don't yeah. know. But uh, <laughs> it, was, it was like halftime on the basketball game. So I just decided to watch USDGC, and then Gabby came home and took over the TV. Nice, as she does. Yep. And then I watched a little <laughs> bit of basketball and fell asleep. That was it. I was asleep early. Like I was exhausted yesterday. Yeah. Because I didn't really sleep at Pips. I don't sleep well not in my bed. Yeah. So at Sydney's place, uh, I didn't really sleep that well. And then I was up late with the girls. So it was what it was. You know, things and stuff. Great weekend overall. Yeah. Super excited to work out today. Body's feeling good. Yeah. Shitty. Me too. We'll see. Shitty outside, so we'll yeah. do a bunch of inside stuff. It's going to be yeah. good. Yeah, so Saturday was lots of sporting events of, of various skill sets. And then Sunday, we or Saturday we planned, we as in Dan and Kyle and myself, we were going to go. And then I dipped out because I was like, you know what? I could use some money. Jonesboro's yeah. coming up. Need some gas money, whatever. Yeah. And then Sunday... We're going to go to Birchfield and play because yeah. they played. This was their Kyle's second time and Dan's third time because they went out Saturday anyways. Yeah. And the first time they we went, went out to Birchfield on Saturday. Yeah. 
They okay. w- they still went. I stayed back because sporting. So they drove to Birchfield, played Birchfield, drove yeah. back home. Yeah. Drove back to Birchfield, yeah. played Birchfield, drove yeah. back home. Yes. They're going to be good disc golfers. Yeah. 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 Like they were willing to do it yeah. and whatever. Yeah. Kyle needs to buckle down on some stuff. Yeah. Um. I mean, Dan, to, it's it just takes it's time the though. willingness of doing the uncomfortable. Things. Like Dan's, Dan and Kyle's both their biggest struggles, as with a lot of people's to X degree, is putting yeah. and just letting it really affect them. Yeah. And uh, like Kyle's putt comes out wobbly and whatever but like he's more focused now like he's a better putter mentally than he was when i like first met him where he didn't seem to care now he actually cares to a degree and then dan's putt is good and he gets weirdly frustrated which i get like i've been there where it's like i literally have no idea how to putt but then look outside looking in it's like you know how to do it. it's just you're letting something affect you kind of too much and also it's you have to trust your skill set you have to trust this that and the other thing and that you have to be okay with missing like people miss paul misses you can watch it all day long if you really wanted to yeah it's just there's not as much like whatever you have to figure out what it is that you're doing and then put in the practice to actually hone in that skill because his how it looks like it's clean clean release and everything and then he's complaining, well, when I use my legs, I tend to pull it really bad and this and that and whatever. But the like the running joke is, is like you've got a disc golf basket like in your in the bed of your truck. Why don't you just like pull it out and go outside and putt right. for 10 minutes or something? Like even if it's just like go to the spot where you're like, I know I can make at least nine out of 10. Yeah. And then just putt that and then get comfortable. Like I know forever ago like tiger woods he's like i would go make like a hundred five foot putts or whatever or it's like it's just five feet but also it's like these are important like even though they're like dumb little putts like i'm never going to miss them because i always practice them and kind of the same thought here uh anyways like they 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 just need more better practice like i know field work and whatever but Dan for sure gets stuck on, I just want to throw really far and have all this stuff. And then he's also working on every problem in his form all at the same time. Yes. Instead of working on just one thing where I think a lot of it relied heavily on his right foot being planted sideways at least or more to get the hips loaded. Now it's the gate closed. There's some pitcher. um, He was teaching a youth guy or a kid to hit and he was like just keep the right foot closed this is like this gate you're gonna have this gate closed and you're just gonna bust through the gate and it translates perfectly for disc golf like you're getting set up into the same position to do the same motion and now just working on that um but yeah they they play a lot like even just themselves like i i'm in the group of three but they live next to each other and they'll go play wherever yeah so then yesterday I always make the joke of like, this is just what's happening. Like, I make the bet, and I don't care if you agree to it or not. Yeah, you tried like, that with me. Yeah, yeah. It's easier. It. It's easier to talk Dan and Kyle into yeah. it. <laughs> like once you get a yeah. lead, you're like, yeah, we bet Holden's yeah. on this. I was like, yeah, yeah. we did it. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't bet lunch on this. Yeah, it is, I don't know. When all this stuff now is just funny. It's like I kind of wish I had this mindset younger, growing up, because I think this is the more competitive side of me randomly. Yeah, being a thing. Um, but I told Dan, like, 
so we're playing for lunch today, right? And he's like, yeah, I, I could get down on that. Sure, whatever. And I was like, all right, sweet. So do you spot them Maybe. strokes or are you playing them straight up? Oh, straight up. <laughs> I don't give them strokes willingly. Yeah. <laughs> Dan could have used some strokes Dan yesterday. Dan and Kyle, Maybe. if you guys need an agent, hit, hit me up. Hit no, me up. You guys dude. should be getting strokes. I'll get you a better package. Uh, I'm going to censor you what you're be, saying You should right be getting now. strokes. Yeah. It's going to be yeah. weird because you're going to have no audio right here. <laughs> oh, my God. That's crazy. Um, but, yeah, so we played for lunch. And... Uh, Kyle's a heart like Kyle won't unless it's I don't know maybe he plays it a little smarter yeah I want some strokes <laughs> yeah Dan's just like let's get it yeah but like I mean still my thinking is I'm not trying to just like only just get free lunch I'm trying to get you in a mindset of play the game and yeah. stop practicing while you're playing which I think is a lot of what he was doing yesterday like I'm I'm guilty of it too where it's I'm trying to work on some stuff while doing that but that takes away from the mental side of it of just playing the game. Yeah. Like this is what I'm doing and this is how I'm playing the whole versus like, well, I need to do A, B, C, D to hit this right and yada, yada, yada. And you're not really paying attention to where you're like throwing the disc or the angle that you're trying to hit it and where you're trying to go to. But I shot pretty decent. Yeah. Like my drives were feeling really good. Did you and play both courses? No, the other one's closed right now. Oh, they're doing construction. Yeah. And I don't know where or what's in the way, but they have all these, the hefty um, condom bags on all the baskets. They're, they like staked off everything. So you literally can't play it even if you wanted to, yeah. to like cheat it. And uh, which was a bummer because I haven't played that course in a while. And I really like that course. Yeah. And this is a good time to play it because the bugs aren't as bad. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so I don't know, whatever. We played the original one twice and I shot two or three down the second round. Course course par? I don't remember how he scored it. Okay. I don't know if it was course par or all threes or whatever. I just shoot like, ten down. What yeah. par did you use? I made one up. <laughs> I killed it. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's course because I didn't It was a perfect play. round. No, because I didn't play well. I I'm pretty sure it was course par we yeah. did it by um but yeah like both times i had a couple dumb sixes and those were like the holes where i'm trying to work on my foot and keeping my um grip on the disc where it needs to be and then holding on to it basically for dear life versus just letting it go like i don't there's a weird like one degree difference yeah and that one degree helps a lot like when i had it right the first couple times I shit like I pulled it right because I just wasn't expecting like the release point becomes different then. Yeah. And it came out fast. It came out how it should. Like the disc flew just differently. And I was like, all right, that's sweet. And like, this is what I need to do. This is more easily repeatable than whatever it is that I'm doing before. And uh, I don't know why I developed like just I pull through and then I like let go. And it's like, no, you just hold on to it. And you just let let it rip out. And that's exactly what I do when I throw putters and I feel like I throw Those putters really ones. well. Yeah. And then just translating that and just like, just throw it like it's your putter, like just that grip and whatever. And uh, I was able to hone that in a little bit yesterday. Things were the, the taxes that I paid were going OB, like it stayed too wide, throwing yeah. a hyzer over the OB <clears throat> or it turned over or whatever it was. 
And then my putting was very good yesterday. Like it felt great. Release felt great. I had one potato hand for whatever reason it was. Yeah. I think it was just like I blacked out while I was putting. And uh, I don't know. Overall, I was I was happy with it. And then learning how to do new grenades. Oh, my God. It opened up so many shots. Yeah. <laughs> like playing out there. It was just funny because for sure before um, it was like I wouldn't be able to clear this like old grenade grip or whatever this one it's like yeah this is easy yeah, i got this <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah i found a uh tie-dye firebird out there too super nice like a new run of stuff i remember getting like new firebirds from anova and it was like this just feels like shit and this feels like it's new yeah <laughs> but <laughs> you look guilty <laughs> no i've had the same thing yeah yeah i um, got this from them and i was like how did this get out of your factory yeah yeah but this is like slightly gummy and super tacky and there was like no ink or anything so I was like i don't really feel guilty so right sweet and it, i found it because i threw a shot that was so bad because it literally as i'm pulling through it's just like just came right out of like i just opened it, it was like we're done like we're yeah. done to, no we're not I'm like nah, we're done i was i was glad to get that disc back <laughs> did you did you make your hand jump up and fall on the ground no no i should have. that's though. what you should do next time yeah next time <laughs> now run around yeah yeah that's funny um yeah overall like i felt pretty good about it yeah i think i shot what was it dan was 12 over and i think i was even the first round Something yeah, like I don't know. Then we went on some par. Yeah, <laughs> we got Subway. Uh, the girl working at Subway. Yeah, uh, I hope you have a better day than you did yesterday. She was very not having any sort of laughter. Like yeah. we're cracking up. We drove. There was a Subway right down the road. They closed because the refrigerator for uh, refrigerator was down. Found another one. It was in a mire. Yeah, we we're the only ones there. She's like she comes out of the door just pissed for whatever reason. Yeah. And then I just I'm sitting there just trying to get them to laugh. I'm just saying dumb shit. I don't remember what it is that I'm saying. We're eventually like in tears laughing. Or at least I am. I don't know. Yeah. We I whatever. Whatever. Duh. <laughs> Dad Dad gets his sandwich all the way through. She <laughs> So if this is Dan's sandwich and it's like all done. Yeah. She puts the knife here and then cuts it right here. Really? <laughs> yeah. And then she cuts the little half in half, too. <laughs> like thirds? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And she grabbed, like, also, she grabbed the shittiest loaf of bread. So when it was done being toasted and it came out, I'm just thinking, like, dude, I didn't say this because I thought if she heard me, yeah. she would have, like, ninja starred the knife at me. I was yeah. like, dude, you're going to need a spoon to fucking eat that sandwich. <laughs> it's like, just falling apart and she cut it in thirds yeah <laughs> it's just so funny and then i get mine all the way through then she just cuts it in half and i just start laughing <laughs> like <laughs> kyle knows what i'm talking yeah. about dan is fucking clueless <laughs> really <laughs> yeah and i'm just trying to like keep it together yeah because i don't she's want on the her edge. Yeah. yeah she's on the edge oh yeah. yeah like i yeah i don't know what was going on so I got I got the combo. We both got some cookies, whatever. Go outside. We get approached by if my mom was a different skin tone. I was just like I had like this weird moment, yeah. and uh, she's like, "Hey guys, how's it going?" She's obviously like asking for donations and and things and whatever. 
and I had nothing. I was like, dude, I got like a dollar or something. And then Dan hands her a 20. And I was like, all right. So he kind of covered all of us. And I was like, you want this cookie? <laughs> like, I don't know what else to do. Like, I literally don't have cash on me. I have a dollar in the car, which you can gladly have. Yeah. But like, if we're doing this right now, <laughs> all I got is a cookie. Did you take the cookie? Yeah, she took oh, the I cookie. I would have taken the cookie too. Oh my god! Yeah, sure. I don't, it was just so funny, and it was again just one of those things where I just start laughing to myself. I don't really know why, but also it's just like yeah, twenty bucks in a cookie, like, and then I start going it's like, if somebody were to ask, like, "How's your day going?" It's like, dude, I killed it. Like, I asked these like three guys. One dude's like in tears, laughing for I don't know. Like, I think he's special. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. on the spectrum. Yeah, <laughs> like he gave me a cookie. Other dude gave me twenty bucks. I'm living it up. Yeah. I'm killing it. What if you just paid for everything yeah. with cookies? Oh, my God. Right? It'd be, it'd like be you make an order from, uh, you know, like yeah, Prodigy or yeah, something. Yeah, I feel like there's some places where you could just do that. Barter system. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, when I worked at Cruise, uh, I did trades at BP all the time. Yeah. It was great. Yeah, those guys were cool. Yeah. Travis would... He would embrace it and get pissed at me. Yeah. All at the same time, which I was just like, dude, this makes no fucking sense. And it was entirely like a control thing like, yeah i'm the boss Ugh. like whatever yeah. yeah still fuck that guy <laughs> i worked at a deli in a food court in a mall and we used to trade stuff all the time yeah yeah i got yeah. i got karen there before karening was a thing really oh Over it's what? almost close so it's the mall it's the mall it's almost closing portage mall so portage just because it's next to kalamazoo like instantly if you live in portage like you've made it where's portage at right next to kalamazoo okay so Kalamazoo has some rough areas okay. and then it has Western and then it has the student ghetto. And I think there's like a couple of nice parts of Kalamazoo, but for the most part there aren't like, so for this area, let's say like Bloomfield Hills, right? Mm -hmm. There is not a Bloomfield Hills in Kalamazoo. Oh really? Right. Yeah. And there's not, I mean, I don't even know what the nicest part would be like similar to out here, but there's not those. So then Portage is not Bloomfield Hills. Portage is like Troy, mm -hmm. but because it's right next to Kalamazoo, the people in Portage are like, oh, I'm from Portage. Like, dude, it's fucking Portage. Like, yeah, you know. dude, you're from Portage. Yeah. yeah. But uh, so anyways, at the mall, you know, you'd, you'd get the like Portage ladies or whatever. And they mm. were Karens. I didn't know that, you know, because it hadn't been like, it hadn't been diagnosed, but yeah. Karens were a thing. So anyways, dude, the, it's about to close. Mm -hmm. I worked at the, at the uh, mall. I didn't need any money. Mm -hmm. Like I had the money from horses. Yeah. I literally went there to like do stuff hang out yeah yeah so i rented a house across the street from my favorite bar i was a yeah. hundred yards away oh my god so the house turned into debauchery it was amazing but you don't say i would walk over to the bar and then i ended up dating like the hot bartender from that bar just living the life having yeah. parties at my house whatever <laughs> drinking games till nudity yeah. and um just killing it so i was working at the mall just sort of like something to do yeah and my buddy was the manager so he was like hey if you want <coughs> make a supervisor you can do that i was like yeah fuck it whatever mm -hmm. let's do it so anyways <laughs> uh, you have like the knives you cut the sandwiches with and then we have the trays that like you give the food to mm -hmm. so i had taken one of the trays and spun it on a knife mm -hmm. so i had it on the knife yeah then i took that knife and put it in my mouth mm. the people from orange julius were watching yeah which were two pretty good looking girls yeah so I held the knife in my my mouth that way, and then I spun the other tray on another knife, mm. and then took that knife out of my mouth, and I had the two trays on two knives spinning. Yeah, threw the one tray up in the air and caught it dead on the other tray, uh -huh. and they both spun 
on that night. <laughs> first try. First try what ever. And I, you know me. Yeah. I was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> so, then, so I like kick up the thing, drop the knife, catch the trays, put it down. Orange Julius erupts. And I was like, yeah. boom. Yeah. So there were <laughs> so there were there were two ladies in the deli at that point. But they were like over in the back corner. I didn't really think that they could see me. And it really never crossed my mind. Yeah. I think I was drinking at work at this point. Like <laughs> Almost on a daily basis. It was hilarious. <laughs> so I would go to work and then go to the store. Because mm. like my, my buddy was a manager, so I had the job. Yeah. So I didn't like dealing with customers. Like it wasn't my thing. Okay. So I would go to work. And my OCD, I'm epic at certain things, right? Mm. Same thing, like kind of why I was good at Cruise Amir. Um, so I'd go to the store. I'd send one of the people that works there to the store. And we'd get like a fifth of like rum or whatever. Yeah. This is the only time in my life I ever drank rum. We drank Captain Silver and do like rum and Cokes because we had the fountain machine. Right? Yeah, why not? You're right there. You're yeah. all set. Easy. And then I would just clean the whole place. Mm-hmm. So I would tell my staff like, you guys don't have to clean, but you have to nail everything. Yeah. Like you, like I'm going to be the guy that like when you work with me, you're only doing like the good part of the job, but you've got to totally fucking nail it. And yeah. in exchange for that, I'm not going to overmanage you. I'm not going to be over your shoulder. I'm not going to be whatever. Don't make me look bad and make sure that everything's like done. You're really polite with the customers, whatever. So for them, it was like a total win. Yeah. Because I would get there and then I'd literally like clean like the whole fucking back, clean the whole front, and then we'd shut it down and get out of there. Yeah. And in the middle of it, like my girlfriend would come to visit me at work and I'd bang her in the bathroom <laughs> and then like go back to work. Yeah. <laughs> so by the end of the workday, though, like I'd be trashed. And yeah. then my girlfriend would like come and pick me up. Yeah. And like drive me home from the mall. <laughs> it's so great. But anyways, um yeah, so I had I had uh I had finished with the with the two trays and I set it down and then the ladies came over and they were like, Does Tom Merch still own this place? Because it was Merch's deli. Mm-hmm. Does Tom Merch still own this place? And I was like, Yeah. I don't think that he would approve of you like doing this stuff or whatever. And I was like, yeah, but you have to admit that was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and they that was it, dude. They were like, you put a knife in your mouth and you just have to cut the sandwich. And I was like, it was just the handle. We're closing. These knives will not be used again. Yeah. She's like, yeah, but while we're eating, we saw you do that. And then it makes us question whether you had done that earlier with the knives. And then those knives cut our sandwich. And all, like it just went off the rails. Wow. So due to the fact that I had no Karen experience. And like I didn't even like dealing with customers in the first place. Yeah. And was, then you get Karen. I just started doubling down. I was like, I'm really like not doubling down, but just going the other way. And I was like, I'm really sorry. Mm-hmm. Momentary lapse of judgment. It's been a really long day. I've been here like every And I just like started getting nonsense, which wasn't true. Yeah. And I was just hoping that they don't know that I'm trash. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I was like, you know, I've been here for like four days, like every day. And it was just a momentary lapse of judgment. I have tomorrow off. So I was just really excited. The whole back's clean. And I was just explaining them like, we're done. Yeah. Like I was just like having a momentary celebration of the fact, yeah. you know, whatever. Did you not hear them all cheer for me? I just yeah. want to say, I'm be like, they thought it was sweet. Yeah. You know, I'm going to get a free orange yeah. Julius for this. But uh, yeah, so I, I had to go see Tom Merch. Mm-hmm. They followed up, called, Talk to the owner. Really? He had a chain. He had like five delis and a yeah. commissary. And I was like, yep. So I had to go in and talk to him. Really? Yep. And was he, he impressed with what you did? No, but I said it <laughs> because it's the same thing. Like I didn't need the job. It was yeah. just for fun. And uh, I had told him, you know, and he, he, I think he said like, I'm sure it was very impressive, you know, but like, yeah. that's and I said, Tom, he goes, you've had nothing but like great reviews. He yeah. goes, Tom, who was my manager, Tom Boudry, fantastic human being. Yeah. Um, He's like, you know, he raves your things. And then every time we've had a 
uh, peer review or a uh, performance review on any of the people that work with you. They all just say like how hard you work and everything else. He's like, so I know this was a momentary blip. Nothing else like this is going to come up. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah. I was like, I won't spin trays anymore. Or put yeah. anything in my mouth. Yeah. Like, I, I won't do anything sweet again. <laughs> it's easy, an easy fix. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that was my my experience with Karening. But uh, that's great. Yeah, just oh got my just God. got roasted for it. So that girl was having a having a shit day. So you finished. Oh yeah. And then you guys went back and played a second round. Yep. When you went back, did you just ceremoniously like run out to a hole? No. No. You didn't <laughs> want to re and then take a seven. You didn't do it. No. I, I, I wasn't like, what's the farthest point at Birchfield yeah, that Birchfield. I could just run and then just start vigorously playing? Yeah. Yeah, if, immediately. If no. You, if you did it at Birchfield, you would do what that guy did in the press box. You'd run like yeah. all the way out there and then just black yeah. out on the ground, whether <laughs> whether we've been working out or not. Yeah. No, we played, and we played um, the CCR layout. That's okay. what we were doing. So, because long to longs is just kind of brutal and just not the most fun layout yeah. of that course. Um, did you throw over the wall? The first round, yeah. So we did CCR layout the first round besides hole two. We okay. threw over the wall on two because Dan really wanted to. I think the hole's better that way. Yeah, 100%. Even if it was just long to short yep. would make it a good hole. Like, yeah, it just slows down play. That's yeah. all because people get juiced about it and then they leave it left or they yeah. turn it over into those trees and then it's just a slow. Yeah, hole. there's that's from the longs can make it a like an instant backup. Yeah, like right there. Yeah, <laughs> um, and you're like Girthy was putting back at this. Yeah, and Paul was like up into that cap. Yeah, yeah, like in the circle. Yeah, like hilarious. And I can see it. Like I personally can see it. It's just being able to execute. For sure, like it, not that At it's an a, elite level. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Like it's not. It's just a really hard angle to hit. It's yeah. a really hard angle to hit and power. Yes, on that angle. Yes, and then having it work out. And, and it's pretty blind. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's everything. Yeah, yeah. It's nutty. Um, but a sweet <laughs> hole. Like, I get the wall. Yeah. And I don't. It's just like just kind of there. Is like I didn't really know where to put this Christmas ornament on the tree, so I just kind of yeah threw it at it and just kind of stuck <laughs> like i don't know it's it's strange to me yeah so i had come up with an idea this is gonna be a segue from that sure i'd come up with an idea with will if i won the lottery mm -hmm. <clears throat> what i would want to do yeah so first thing obviously crazy ridiculous mobile home yep. vinyl wrap oh yeah oh yeah uh, dude one, I've had this talk, yeah. that exact start yeah. so with that's, Scott, I don't know how many yeah, times. Yeah, that's the no-brainer, right? <laughs> so I get that. I get that all set up. But then the other part of what I wanted to do is I wanted to, like, start a compound. And that was going to be um, Disc Golf Heaven mm -hmm. was going to be the name of it. And now that it's committed to the internet, it's committed. So this date, today. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so it's going to be Disc Golf Heaven. So Disc Golf Heaven was going to be Disc Golf Heaven. So it's going to be two courses. I can't remember the names of them. Fuck. But um, anyways, the two courses were going to be like they start kind of at the same point and, and you go. But there was going to be cabins kind of on the in the course. Yeah. Like along the middle of like the two courses as they start. So if you start here, then you have those. And in the middle, there's like a row of cabins, mm -hmm. right, where you can like drive down and they have like little parking. And then the two courses go off to the side. So you could sit there. There'll be like a net so you, the cabins don't get hit. But you could sit there and then watch. So, like, if you're staying there for the weekend, right, and then on the side, there'll be, like, a little hotel. Yeah. Basically. So, like, when we have big tournaments, something like that, we can put everybody up. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Or if we want to have pros come out and they want to do a clinic, 
they could like post about it, charge people X amount of money to come out and then people could stay at the cabins. They could stay at the hotel. And then like, let's say it was like Simon, like Simon's going to do a weekend. Mm-hmm. So you can go play rounds with Simon. Like Simon's just going to be there for the weekend. So he'll do a clinic in the morning, play two rounds. Then you have dinner, like in the hotel, there's like a banquet hall or whatever. Yeah. And do that. And I figured that that'd be super sweet. And then the courses would be like two different style courses. Um, but I wanted to do like a bunch of stuff like Cedar Point when you go to the cowboy area there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I wanted to have like one of the courses like a Western theme and then one of the courses like a gladiator theme. Yeah. So as when I go to play play uh play that course and I see that wall, like I'd like to build like, you know, like a little like downtown area with storefronts and stuff yeah. like that that you have to play through and do all that. And I figured like it would be super <laughs> cool to have like not putt putt esque, but like a giant like for real thing that you play through, like these man made like in addition to all the woods, like there's like man made areas and stuff like that. Yeah. It's to me, what it sounds like, I, I think of Halloween, and you have, like, in your neighbor, at least one of the many neighborhoods that I've lived in, you've always had the people that put together, like, something sweet. They decorate and whatever, and then you just go up, and there's a couple things you can interact with, and you go and grab your candy. And then you got the guys who are, like, they've either, I don't know, they're enthusiasts in set building or our previous set builders and then yeah. create like a, a haunted house yeah. that is actually like badass and all this other interactable like it's yeah i don't know that's kind of how that that sounds to me yeah it's like that'd be sick i think it'd be super yeah. cool like just to <laughs> throw it on like a western street maybe have like the animatronic like skeletons yeah. that shoot at you or something <laughs> yeah i think it'd be great yeah um yeah but i thought that would, that would be like a super sweet idea i like the idea of it as like a destination yeah like you can take your vacation stay there and the cabins would be like not super big i don't know if they'd be multi-room or if it'd just be like a loft setup which is like one big open space yeah. and then um you know like as people come out there and do clinics and stuff like that obviously you get them like autograph posters and everything and then put those all in the cabins mm-hmm. so you could stay in like the you know ken climo cabin yeah whatever and for sure like pro shop yeah whole clubhouse thing yeah yeah i went to heaven yes yeah all that stuff yep um yeah there was a the two names for the courses which i forget were actually sweet and then like the merchandising afterward from those two courses was like super (laughs) fucking cool yeah but uh yeah that was kind of my idea and i really liked the idea of uh you know if you if you had it and then set it up for charity yeah you know what i mean set it up so that way like once the bills are covered on that place then you know, everything else goes towards whatever it is, you right. know, whatever the, the, either something locally to support like the, um, you know, like the, the people of the area or, or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I figured like if you did it sweet enough, you could get like a major there and that'd be super cool. Yeah, for you know? sure. Yeah. That was, that was the goal. Yeah. I don't even play the lotto, but I still think maybe one day I'll win. Yeah. Oh, it's always great to just fantasize mm-hmm. about that, what you would do. I got Gabby on board and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Like for sure. Again, like with Scott, it's just like get a crazy fancy RV, make it sweet as shit. Yeah. Have like whatever car you're towing with it or cars or ah, you're towing another RV with your RV. Who knows? Yeah. And then just paying a dude like, hey, you want like a hundred grand a year to like just drive this fucking thing? Like, sweet. No, you just, no. you just get somebody that like doesn't have their own sweet rv yeah you make them go get a chauffeur's license and you tell them you can travel with us yeah if you drive yeah all the time yeah yeah, yeah. then whatever. you save yourself the 100 grand yeah, yeah. whatever 
You don't get any representation on the vinyl wrap, though. None. Your name's not even going to be on there. Hey, if you want to come over to Zach's RV, we'll put you on the just have RV. my arm. will yeah. be like a big part on the side with my number on it. be fucking sweet. That'd be so big. So big. So big. Like the numbers on my bicep would be like six feet, you know, like five feet tall. Yeah. It'd be great. Right across the side. <laughs> fucking awesome. It'd be better than Ricky's. Like, I, I'm sure his setup is sweet, but his face that he's got on the side of his little RV thing yeah. is just hysterical. It's very Ricky. Yeah. Very Ricky. Yeah. Well, mine wouldn't like part of his yeah. is because it's through a sponsor. Yeah. No. Mine would totally. be through me. So I could yeah. I could have me you like do crotch chopping yeah. on the side like full Peter Weber. Just yeah. yeah. It would be great. It'd be perfect. Yeah. I think that that'd be cool. Oh my god. I just don't know where I would do it because like I wouldn't do it here because I would I would really need it to be a four season event. Mm-hmm. Like it would have to be somewhere that's warm. Yeah. <laughs> because I wouldn't want to have to close it. Or like offer some. <laughs> you good? I got a seed. <laughs> I wouldn't want to offer some kind of like compromise, like winter golf. Yeah, yeah. But I think it'd be sweet to do. You know, like <clears throat> either farther south or west or whatever. But yeah. I would, I would really want like a nice wooded area, so it wouldn't be too far west. Yeah. And I just want a course. Yeah, it would be sweet. How can we get some land? Uh, make money. Yeah. Yeah. Who's got some land they want to sell us? Yeah. I got some land. I got some yeah. swamp land for you, see? Yeah. Let's set up a course there. All I got to do is set up, uh, you know, footing and ground and all that. I heard yeah. I heard a thing, on this is totally not disc golf related, but I heard a thing on uh, Rogan when I was listening that they have a um, overpopulation problem with pythons in the Everglades mm-hmm. and that they're consuming like so much of the natural animals. Because they're an invasive species, because there isn't anything that really hunts pythons in the Everglades. Mm-hmm. But they eat like all the raccoons, and they're eat, they've eaten all this other stuff. And so, like the populations of those animals are so low that now they're starting to like eat alligators. And it came from like people just letting their pets go, really, like just letting their pet pythons go. Like they got too big for their house or whatever, and they just like let them go into the swamp. Yeah, and then they've multiplied, and nothing hunts them. And now they just have yeah. like this giant army of like huge ass pythons. Yeah, yeah. No shit. Yeah. I thought that was like crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they, they they killed, I don't know if they killed them, but they, I think they killed them. I think they killed like 5,000 and it didn't even really make a dent. Yeah. Like there's that many. Yeah. The crazy one to me is cats in Australia. Yeah. That to me is not like, it's so strange because like, I only think of like my cat. I love my cat. Yeah, she's amazing. She's basically just a dog. Yeah, or whatever. It's it's so strange, but like that's all I think is like there's just a bunch of you, and then it's just your hunt like wild whatever. Yeah, like I don't know. It's strange. Yeah, but they're apex predators. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're like oh yeah, vicious. totally. Yeah, yeah, because like the big version of of my cat is I don't want to be anywhere near it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Even even if your cat weighed like eighty pounds, yeah, you would want no part of that. Yeah. What are the um. What's the in between? Because you have like house cat, and then you have like giant cat. What's the like the dog size version cat? So there's a few. There's a yeah. serval, yeah, that's which what I'm is the of. one that people get, um, which are like semi domesticated. Yeah, and those are actually the cats that they hybrid with um, <clears throat> savanna cats. Mm-hmm. I think they there's Bengal cats and savanna cats. One of them is a cat, mm-hmm. and one of them is a hybrid cat 
of a serval and the other one. Okay. And those are really valuable. Yeah. But the servals, servals are, you can get one for like two grand, two or three grand. And they get to be, males get to be like 110, 115 pounds. Yeah. And they can jump 10 feet. Yeah. Yeah. Like they could jump onto a basketball hoop and stand there. Yep. Yeah. They have like a, their head looks kind of small for their body. Yeah. They've got like spots and stripes. Yeah. Yeah. They're They're crazy. They're good. I looked into getting one. I was going to get one like um, quite a while ago and uh, they cannot deal with a move. So whatever house you get them in, you need to stay there because they're fine and they're like, they adapt to it and like they can be domesticated and like for the most part, they're like really easy to work with. Mm -hmm. But if you move them and they get put into a new territory, it just fries them out and they become like really aggressive and hard to deal with and like all this other shit. Yeah. Yeah. I remember them being like really high maintenance potentially or whatever. Yeah. Well, they, they have, they can have some intestine problems and stuff and like. There's just not a lot of people to deal with it, so I would imagine it would become like relatively yeah. expensive. Yeah, they out also... of all the places I lived and friends that I've had, not one serval cat, big Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, the other thing is is like you need room. Like yeah. they couldn't live in my house. Right. And uh but it's better if you can build them like a catio, which mm-hmm. is like a little outdoor area pen, whatever, that they can go out and like be outside do and stuff. do all that. Yeah. yeah. You can take them for walks and all that shit. But watching the video of those, there's like a couple people that have servals that like they just constantly put videos up on. And um, yeah, like even an 80 pound, 85 pound serval, when you're looking at it, you're like, geez, (laughs) man, that (laughs) thing. But then they have like bobcats and lynx and uh, a couple other things that people have as like house pets, which are like bigger cats. Yeah. And you realize like, yeah, they're so athletic, they're so quick, and they have like just such yeah. honed skills for killing that, yeah and yeah. then it's gonna be like what are you gonna do yeah like <laughs> what? yeah what yeah. do you want to do, do now buddy where's yeah. the tough guy yeah <laughs> oh that's what i was thinking of when you were talking about like that guy screaming and yelling at the at the players and at the game mm-hmm. did you see the video of the lady getting tased for the face mask no so i think it's in ohio it's either ohio or florida or whatever okay um but there was a mom at like a high school football game or, yeah. or a little kid football game or whatever. You can't see the game in the video. Yeah. But uh, she's not wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. She's not going to wear a mask. Yeah. So the, I don't know if it's a rent-a-cop or local police, but somebody comes up in a uniform and is like talking to her about wearing a mask. And she's like, I'm not going to wear a mask. And he's like, well, then you need to leave. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, I'm going to sit here and watch without a mask. Yeah. And he's like, well, the thing is, is you have to wear a mask if you're going to be here or you can leave. And she was like, yeah. no. So then he's going to arrest her. Yeah. So she's fighting this cop and then her friend is fighting the cop to prevent getting like handcuffed. What? Yeah. Like he's trying to put the cop on and she's like pulling her arm back and her friend's like trying to fight to get her hand free from the cop or whatever it is. And she's pulling back. She's like, no. And she's like yelling and screaming at him or whatever. And like just going nuts. No. Yeah. This is bullshit. Blah, blah. And she's like pulling away and pulling away and pulling away. And they're just waiting. I'm yeah, like, you know it's gonna, you know it's gonna come. Yeah, I just want to see it. I just yeah. want it to happen. Yeah, and then all of a sudden it's like, she goes, she goes down, and they're just like, I can't believe you do that. And I, I'm just waiting for him to. Can't believe you've done this. I'm just waiting for him to belly up and be like, Where'd the tough guy go? Huh? Where's your friend now? Yeah. So anyways, he cuffs her, and then she's like, I can't believe this for face mask. And then she turns, she's like yelling to people as he's like dragging her away, and then the other, like the second officer, whatever, comes up, and then they like you know walk out with her or whatever 
It's just amazing. Like, yeah. Meanwhile, your kid's playing a sport. Yeah. Like your kid's out there playing, and he looks up in the mom. He looks up in the thing as you like you're getting tased because you don't want to wear a face mask. <laughs> <laughs> the cop's dragging you out of here by your ankle. Yeah. <laughs> I thought the funniest comment on that was play stupid games, win stupid prizes. I thought yeah. that was good. I was yeah. Like, yep. <laughs> yep. Makes sense. Get tased right in front of your kid because you don't want to wear a mask. Yeah. Perfect. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Makes total sense. Yeah. So it's good. <laughs> yeah so uh so you have jonesboro coming up yeah um i don't know i was gonna maybe watch jonesboro yesterday instead of watching the ustgc just so i could get some idea of what you're going into and what you've got yeah, coming up What's that's what i'm gonna start doing too is i'm gonna go rewatch last year's coverage yeah and just kind of get an idea myself of what i'm getting into yeah and how i see other players playing the holes breaking it down and what I can just incorporate into that if it makes sense to me in my game plan or not. And I don't know. I think the biggest thing for me was the realization that it wasn't in Texas. I don't know why I thought it was in Texas. Yeah. I'm glad it's not in Texas because yeah. that's a much longer drive. Um, but yeah, still like a 12, 12 and a half hour drive, I think it was. Yeah. Um, but I'm excited for sure. Um, Do you know when you're going to leave yet? No, but very soon because today's monday yeah yeah (laughs) so like maybe tomorrow or something yeah um i gotta figure out what's going on there's a lot to do today yeah it's gonna be (laughs) action-packed and uh i want to see if amanda wants to go she hasn't really given me an answer so today's gonna be like hey do you want to go or not or or what and then i can just go from there because it's pretty easy to just pack up and leave make sure you get everything and (laughs) uh what was it like you when it's like Gabby's getting ready and you're just like, we're going to more civilization. Right. Like there's still just stuff. Right. Like if you forget whatever, you can just go get a more deodorant or whatever it is you need food. We brought so much food home from Holton Lake yeah. and we ate the entire time we were there. Yeah. Like there's not a grocery store there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like we might have to eat squirrels if we don't yeah. bring enough kibasa. Oh you know, like <laughs> no, no. There's actually going to be a grocery store right there. Yeah, but yes. Yeah. So you think you're going to leave probably tomorrow? Yeah, probably tomorrow or Wednesday. Like I know it's close or whatever, but yeah. just trying to make some money to pay for things on the way there. Yeah, because I mean it's expensive, two hundred fifty bucks to play, and then probably at least another two fifty and just other stuff like yeah. gas and food and whatever. Um. So, yeah, and then I need to get, what's it, my sister's got the tent, and then I'm probably going to look and see at Costco or something if they have some mattress, like, not a mattress, but, air mattress. like, camping pads, yeah, maybe air mattress or whatever. Yeah. They do, I saw them when okay. I said last. Because I think Phil said he got whatever it was that he had in his van at Costco or something, which was, like, really sweet. Either way, there's some stuff to get today, editing today, workout today. Yeah. <laughs> Planning stuff today. You can also yeah. look into, because you're not backpacking, if you're going to do the tent, you can also look into a cot. So okay. Like a fold-out cot. You can get it at like an Army Surplus store. You can get it at a uh, sporting goods store. Mm-hmm. Um, they might have them at Costco. Yeah. But that's going to be more comfortable than the the air mattress. The only thing is, is it's not as warm as the air mattress. Yeah. Because the air can get underneath it. Mm-hmm. So it depends on like your sleeping bag or whatever you're going to do. Right. If you have a good sleeping bag, I would suggest getting the cot. Yeah. Because you're going to obviously be rough on your body during the day and you want to do everything you can to sleep as well as you can at night. Right. <clears throat> yeah. Because I think 
uh at some point i'll need to upgrade tent to like something big and yeah. extravagant like jake's i remember camping at in flip city with jake and he had like a eight person tent six turner yeah yeah he just got yeah. engaged Congra- yeah congratulations Jake. congratulations but yeah way to go buddy um nailed it <laughs> uh but yeah it was one of the biggest tents probably the biggest tent i've ever like did it have the big aluminum poles i think so or was it still a like bendy pole no i think it was yeah, the big like, aluminum yeah, poles that's and you know it took us a while to yeah. get set up and I remember it's like, dude, this this is sweet because it's like a little house that you get to build and take wherever. And yeah, uh, I, and it was just funny too because it was like overkill, kind of. Yeah. But either way, like, still really sweet. Like, if you can set this up wherever every time, I mean, why not? Yeah. You have all this extra room. Yeah. Versus like in a one-person tent that's meant for. I feel like. I just set up, sleep in it, wake up, take it down, take right. it with me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a difference between like yeah. backpacking and yeah. and even like some camping versus like pulling your car up, taking your stuff out of the car and you're yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Like when you have that tent that you have to grunt to get it out of yeah. your car, like that's all that that tent is good for. Yeah. Because your tent is like six feet from where you brought your car. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. We'll, we'll see what's going on see if i'll get like another reality check of like we don't really got stuff like this in michigan kind of like yeah we do but it's pretty few and far between i think just from where we're at because playing uh not hudson uh birchfield was a lot of like i wish this place was just closer yeah because it's just gonna force you to get good yeah otherwise like playing like the casuals that play at firefighters and they go play birchfield like unless they Dude, firefighters was packed. Was it? Dude, it was like seven o'clock when I got there. Uh huh. Maybe a little bit before seven. It was packed. Yeah. Dude, I was surprised. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, this place has gotten busy. Yeah. I mean, but, I'm not surprised it's firefighter. Like, no matter what, the thing that surprises me is Stony. Yeah. Because that's a pay to play, and there's yeah. still like millions of people. Not really millions, but like. There's a shitload of people that go there. So I didn't get that for a long time either. But (laughs) as I've like made friends more in that area, like Gabby's from Romeo. Mm -hmm. And then like the friends I made that like grew up in and lived in Rochester, both from the restaurant and from the dealership. Mm -hmm. Like Stoney is a central part of that life. Yeah. Like those people go to Stoney for fucking everything. Yeah. Like 4th of July, they're going to Stoney. Labor Day, Memorial Day, like Stoney's got shit going on. They golf, like ball golf at Stoney. Yeah. So it makes sense after a while to me that like, yeah, we're going to disc golf. Let's go to Stony. Yeah. Because they're kayaking at Stony. They're riding bikes at Stony. They're rollerblading at Stony. A lot revolves around Stony. Yeah. Stony is like such a central part of that community that then it makes sense of like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. And for the most part, those people like the pay to play is a a non-issue. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. And that's kind of like what you were talking about is is one of the things that I get at, mentally at least, when... um, people bring up like Michigan courses. Like you've brought it up on the podcast a couple of times. I just don't really get into it. But like if you took the totality of the state of Michigan, you could probably find four super badass courses. Yeah. You know, that are amazing. Yeah. It's just, there's a lot of courses in this area specifically that are old. Yeah. And that got set up a long time ago before people were throwing 600 feet. Mm -hmm. And what was difficult back then isn't difficult now. Right. And then the putting in new courses and whatever, but I think there's a bunch of courses in the state of Michigan that are like demanding and difficult. Yeah. They're just not. Yeah, no, right not here. that 
we don't have any. Yeah. It's just the few and far. Like, you have to travel for yeah. it for sure. Um, and again, like, Birchfield was just like, I wish this was cool. Just for the sense of, like, being able to practice yeah. and play this a lot and whatever. Because even if you're like, oh, I'm not really feeling like going all out. And then you just play shorts. Short, yeah. short, whatever. And it's one of the few courses that has multiple pin locations. And both in, are in all yeah. time on both courses. So you look... If you want to play short, short, you're not like, well, if it's in the short position, cool. But it's not it's like they're there. Right. It's sweet. Yeah. Um, couple sweet, typical chain outs from myself, Dan and Kyle. Yeah. Uh, really brought me back to like Hudson Mills memories of like <laughs> playing on Mach 2s. Like, did you even try to like stay in or <laughs> you just gave up yeah. or what? Oh, like, fuck this. Ah. Yeah. yeah. Uh Oh my god, it's yeah. so great. <laughs> I like I like those courses. I like Birchfield. It's not a big stony. It's a totally different thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> did somebody tell you it was a big? Yeah, stony? I told you that Turner and Wait. and Will did. Oh, when we went out to yeah, that yeah, tournament, yeah. And I played it blind. Yeah. After I I played uh, River's Edge, and then when I went to go play Renegades Trail, they were like, "Oh, it's basically just a big stony. You'll be fine." Yeah. And I was like, "Oh, okay." Then I went to bed, and then I played it in the morning. I took my yeah. quadruple circle ten. I was like, this is nothing like a big stony. Like these Where did fairways, you take the quadruple circle ten? The long one, um, but it was like fairway or OB, because oh, okay. it was like I don't know if it was the first tournament that Wes had done or what it was, but it was a C tier. Wes Shinovar. Yeah. Okay. And that thing was set up like for the World Championships. Yeah. Like those fairways, like benefit of the fairway went on both sides to the other hole. Okay. So that big long one was really like almost like fairway or OB. Gotcha. And I'd never thrown it before. So off the tee, I was like, oh, okay. I threw it short because I was like, I was going to throw it to there and then play up to there because I don't know what it is. And where I landed short was right where I was trying. It turns out that was OB. Oh, nice. So I at least should have walked it to know where like OB was. Yeah. Um, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, I took a quadruple <laughs> circle time there. Nice. Yeah. It was mine. Is that your worst score ever? Yeah. On a hole? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. In in anything that I kept kept score for. Yeah. It was four consecutive OB shots. Nice. Yeah. It was drive OB, second shot OB, third shot OB, fourth shot OB, fifth shot, forehand firebird, right up by the bucket, made the putt. Nailed it. Ten. Nice. Got it. Tapped it for ten. Yeah. <laughs> say, I say, it was a ten save. Not really. Ooh. But, you know, it sounds, I mean, better. sounds better like it did sound sweet. I don't know. Yeah. Things, words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so I talked to uh, I talked to Will about the USDGC, and he said that it's Wednesday to Saturday. We misspoke. Okay. So we're we're about confronting our errors. I misspoke. I thought it was Thursday to Sunday. It's Wednesday through Saturday, which makes it even goofier. Then yeah, because the live stream is all during the day. Yeah. Except for Saturday when you're not working, but. Um, but you do, you do also get the live stream coverage of the women's because mm -hmm. you explained to me like the package. So you get the live stream of the women's and then you, you have access to those live streams for two weeks. Mm -hmm. So you can, if you are at work, you can watch them when you get home. Yeah. He said, the issue is, you know, he's watching live scoring all day. So then like the idea of watching the live stream when he gets home is a little wacky because he already knows like what happened or people post. Sounds like his own problem. Yeah. Or yeah. people post about, you know, like sweet shit that happens or whatever. And I would just be like, yeah. well, if I paid the 20 bucks, I just would shut down my interaction with that stuff for the day. Yeah. And then go home and watch it. And then, you know, whatever. 
But I was more like, I would just like it better if they had a second card. Yeah, I'm usually like, something big's going on. Well, it's probably just going to be on social media. So if I don't, like, I'm not going to be mad that somebody posted on Facebook a spoiler because it's like, it's it's going to just happen. It's happened every fucking time. Are you surprised that somebody posted on there something that happened in relation to it? Yeah. And like... Yeah, I don't think he was upset about it. He was just saying that it kind of takes away the need or his desire to pay the 20 bucks yeah because he's just going to be updated with anything sweet that happens anyways yeah so then it would take away even more like to pay the 20 dollars. yeah yeah i don't know i've i've always been in the mindset of i don't know if somebody spoiled a movie for me or whatever it doesn't really make that much of a difference to me because it's still like well i don't know how it plays out unless you told me like the whole thing like how everything happened all the way through then it's like all right i see it but it's like this is what happens at the end and then it's like all right well there's still this whole chunk of like getting there so i don't know how you get there i don't don't know if that's a weird thing that my brain does or it's just a weird thing in general i don't know yeah um but yeah it it wouldn't spoil it for me yeah if you were wondering i was i was was very (laughs) concerned about it how is this going to work for zach let me uh, let me take a break. I gotta pee. Pee break, everybody. We'll be back. <laughs> oh my god. Where are we at in time? Uh, we're at an hour and a half. Uh, yeah. Was it a good pee break? It was fantastic. Nice. It's about as good as it get. Nice. I feel the relief. I feel better. I think... Uh, let me pull this up. I was looking at random questions, disc golf related. And I just thought they were funny. Like, which one of these di- discs is considered a putter? You have <laughs> Firebird, Eagle, X-Clone, Rhino. Really? Which one is it, Darren? Rhino. Oh, nice. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is it proper to yell and scream and throw things in anger <laughs> during a disc golf game? Ooh, a game? Ooh, yeah. No. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I love when people say, like, have, we we got drinks before we went out to golf. Yeah. Like, at the country club. Yeah. Like, they all got roadies. So, they got, like, gin and tonics. Yeah. Because you're at the country club. Yeah. What you do. They did not have Red Bull or any energy drink. I felt like I was underrepresented. I'm sure there's a lot of underrepresented people at the country club, but whatever. Yeah. It was about me. Um, so I had to get Mountain Dew. 
<laughs> so I just felt super trashy. Yeah. Um, I was like, we're getting fucked up on Mountain Dew. Yeah. At least I golfed well. Yeah. Nailed it. Because I was like, dude, Gabby's boyfriend. He drinks Mountain Dew and golfs like shit. But yeah. fiance, whatever. Um, yeah, but as we were getting ready to go out, they're like, well, have a good game. I remember just thinking like, I will. It's going to be a great game out there. Yeah. Played a game of golf today. The fuck you just say to me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, this one I found especially especially funny. About how much money did the top winner receive in 2001? $25,000. Top winner for the year or for a tournament or for what? About how much money did the top money winner? Oh, top money winner. Receive in 2001. Okay. $25,000. Okay. $66,000. Okay. $100,000. Okay. Or $3 million. Whoa. I know. Um, 2001? Yeah. I'm going to say $25,000. Why won't you just show me what it is? Oh, my God. Cause let's Submit say, my answers. So let's say you... Wait, hold you, on. Okay, okay, hold on. Hold on. What did you say? 66? 25. 25. That was my guess, too. We're just going to go through all these and submit our answers and see what we get. Because I would think like USTGC is what, 10? And then Worlds used to be five. Which is always great. And then I always thought it was great because you, yeah. you want a used shitty car. Yep. That's what you want. For being the best in the world. For being the and world champion. And then you champion. have like another prestigious event that I would say is second to Worlds or only to Worlds. And you get like double. Yeah. <laughs> All right. When was disc golf formalized? When they started building public courses and forming associations, 80s, 30s, 50s, or the 70s? Formalized? I would say 70s. All right. 70s it is. What is the name of the organization that makes the tournament rules for disc golf and also promotes the sport? PDGA. Nice. You didn't even need multiple choice for that. God. Wow, dude. Fire. If there isn't a course in your in your area, can you still play disc golf? Yes or no? Yes. Yes. Which state of the USA had the most disc golf courses per capita at the end of the 1990s? You got California, Alaska, Texas, and Iowa. I'm going to say California. Per capita, though. I don't know. So it's either Texas. I would say it's either Texas or California. I'll go with California too. Okay, all right, Fuck California. Up. Why not? <laughs> Is it property? In, no, uh, Rhino. When playing by tournament rules, what score is par? Three, two, four, or it depends on the length of the hole. <laughs> F. <laughs> None of the above. <laughs> I feel like they randomly put it as it depends on the length of the hole, which is like kind of kind true. Of, yeah. Like it's part of it. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think the question that we had before gotten into of like when is your disc no longer your disc yeah. would, would be like the best question on there. Yeah. When you uh, when you get in your car after uh, you walk away from the hole, as yeah. soon as you let it go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh where was the first permanent pole hole? In-ground baskets attached to a pole golf course in the world. And they have Oak Grove, California, Pasadena, California. Oak Grove, California. Yeah. 
Delhi, India is one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the USA, what months are the competition disc golf courses open? November through January, August through February, <laughs> April through October. <laughs> On even numbered months. <laughs> really? I would imagine you're you're around, but if if you're around isn't an answer, I would say the whatever April through October. Sure. Uh, submit my answers. Ooh. What? All right. When was disc golf formalized? It was the 1970s. Yes. Uh, name of the organization, obviously, PDGA. Yep. If there isn't a course in your area, you still can play disc golf thank you for that permission i appreciate it uh which state of the usa had the most disc golf courses per capita at the end of the 90s yeah we you thought california or texas yeah i thought california yeah it's iowa of course yeah because they have like 80 people that live there yeah (laughs) that's the thing because california is gonna have like so many and that's what i was thinking texas is the same thing they have a huge population yeah yeah um is it proper to yell and scream and throw things in anger during disc golf no it's not okay Okay. So please stop, all you angry people. Yeah. Uh, which one of these discs is considered a putter? It is a rhino. <gasps> oh, I love the soft rhino. I used a piranha for years and then an AVR for short for a short time before I fell in love with the rhino. I don't know who did this, but yeah, they yeah. Well, that's what they had to say, uh, not me. When playing by tournament rules, what score is par? We answered. It depends on the length of the hole. The correct answer was three. Cool. Nice. Cool. All right. <laughs> In a tournament, all holes are played par three. Most serious golfers play all holes at par three, no matter what is suggested at the tee. Nice. All right. Yeah. Moving on because... That's... Yeah. Sure. Um, about how much money did the top money winner receive in 2001? It was 25 grand. It was Cam Todd. It is a fraction of the ball golfer's prize money. Yeah. A like a fraction like a 30th like hold on let's yeah so let's just say what would it be well now it would be more right for the year but who would be top let's just let's just do this so top prize winner for 2019 is gonna be what paul mm-hmm. i would imagine you'd imagine yeah right he'll at least be close yeah so let's look come on buddy What's his last name? Macbeth? Yeah. (laughs) Dude, there's so much stuff on him. I can't even get to him. Stop. Okay. So 2019, we're saying? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. His earnings were 57,000. Of 2019. Yeah, for prize money winnings. Okay. 57000 Mm-hmm. Okay. Nailed it. Let's do this. Just just to find out the fraction. Yeah. 57000 right? Who who would be top money earner? Well, if you win the tour championship, I think it was $10 million. Okay. But I think they may have upped it to $15 million for first place. Okay. 
57,000. But we're going to look. <laughs> I mean, 57,000 is a fraction of. Everything's a fraction. <laughs> I put, I'm looking for top earner. So I put in top earner and then I'm going to put golf, like golf yeah. 2019. The one that comes up, top earner only fans. <clears throat> I bet you they made more than the golf guys do. <laughs> Like, I feel like the caddies make way more just being caddies for, like, Ricky Fowler and Spieth and whatever. This is so stupid because they have... Oh, I probably didn't need to move the mic. What do you... Stop, dude. That's so gross. (laughs) Aren't you supposed to be killing dead air while I'm looking this up? I was. With, with mouth oh noises? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Where was the first... Uh, sorry. Where was the first permanent pole hole golf course in the world? Yeah. We were kind of right. We put Oak Grove, California. The name of the course is Oak Grove which is in Pasadena, California. Oh, shit. I know. And then what months are open uh, for competition? It is April through October. If you're brave enough to go golfing in a foot of snow for practice, then go for it, he says. We scored 7 out of 10. We scored 105 points. The average score for this quiz is 6 out of 10. This is so stupid. What? Because you you can't get to like prize. I can't get the prize money. I like I, I'm for not, traditional. I'm not gonna spend golf? that. Yeah, it's like top earner Tiger Woods because he got forty two yeah. million in endorsements. Yeah. Okay, and then I go to top earner for prize money. It just accesses who won the FedEx Cup, which mm. is Rory McIlroy. So he won fifteen million dollars at that tournament yeah. last year. Yeah. But it doesn't go through like the whole year. And like I like obviously I'm not super good at this, but yeah. It, I mean, you could just even. Fifteen million for All right, one, so let's tournament do one tournament last year. So I'm going to do fifty-seven thousand two hundred and whatever he did. Let's say it's eighty-seven dollars. Yeah. yeah. Divided by fifteen million. <laughs> Turns out it is a fraction. Oh shit! Plot it's, twist. It's just over one third of one percent. Yes. So it is a <coughs> fraction. <coughs> nice. Yeah, it's a fraction. Nice. Yeah. Way to go. Yeah. Guy who did the It's one three hundredth. One three hundredth of the of the money. Is one three hundredth a fraction? Absolutely is. Nice. (laughs) Yes. It absolutely is. Oh man. So I wonder (laughs) like let's let's do some let's look into the crystal ball. Okay. Or the crystal flex challenger. Right. Look into Pete Let's Weber. access the Pete Weber. So at what point, how far away are we? And the, this, this is something that I actually care about. So how far away are we from collegiate sport disc golf? How far away are we from prize money you could support yourself with disc golf? I don't know. Wait, I... I'm not sure what needs to happen or if it's going to happen or what, like what, 
what do you need to make to be able to support yourself? Like what number is that? Because that number is like the baseline and then beyond is obviously yeah. just more expendable money. So I'm going to say a hundred um, grand okay. because of just what you're talking about. I need to go to Jonesboro. So it's going to be 250 and 250 and lodging and blah, blah, blah. And yada, yada. Yeah. So like, that's why I always like say like my winnings. Right. Cause like, yeah, yeah. tournament cost me 70 bucks. Yeah. Played it, played a B tier. Cost me 70 bucks to go out and play the chorus during the week. Gas there, gas back. Snacks. Mm-hmm. Right. That cost me seven. Hydration. Right. Yeah. That cost me 70 bucks. Yeah. Right. So, like, for a $70 tournament, it's going to cost me not paying myself anything for my time. It's going to cost me 150 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Second price is $100. Right. Like yeah. when I played gas, like I got second, it was a hundred bucks. Yeah. So I won a hundred dollars. Yeah. But it didn't, I ended up losing money. Right. As a whole, if you look at it. Yeah. Still um, down 50 bucks. Right. So even when you do the bigger ones, if you do it like, okay, so it's $250 to play, but you're traveling states to get there mm-hmm. and you're lodging for four days. Yeah. And you're doing all that. Like, what are you making? Like, you know what I mean? Like your overall expenses. So I would say like hundred grand in prize money would relate to like actually a livable income Mm -hmm. that you're not comfortable yeah right but that prize money being livable income you probably would have enough endorsements to have like a comfortable living Mm -hmm. and this is without having like some crazy youtube channel or something i'm talking about just competition performance you'd probably have like a comfortable living right right so i would think like get to a hundred thousand for prize money so ideally, that would be more than one human being, right? Yeah. Like ideally, hopefully, like yeah, the top it's not, ten. Yeah, it's yeah. not just that because it's what, like, if you were able to say or ask somebody who's a golfer, and it's like, wow, you're really good in whatever. Like, are you like ranked in the world? And yep. you're like, yeah, I'm ranked, like, in the top fifty or whatever. Yeah, they're still making That's a comfortable usually, living, right? Yeah. Like, and they're, I think you would still be like, holy shit. As to where if you're like top 50 in disc golf, I don't think it would be as impressive. And even still, it's like if you were the dude who's 50th in the world, like what are they making in disc golf? Yeah. Yeah. It's not. There's a huge gap. Yeah. Like gigantic, tremendous, as some would say. Yeah. Yeah, but golf has been a giant... um, so this year, the only PGA Tour money list for some reason on here is just the U.S. Open. Nice. Which I don't, I don't understand, but that's okay. I don't know. Tubes. Yeah. The internet's just a bunch of tubes. Here we go. 2018-2019 <laughs> PGA Golf money list. We value our privacy. I agree. Just give me the, give me the shit. Yeah. Give me the shit. Track where I go. Now there's chicks in bikinis. Mm. I just want to see how much money people made in fucking golf. I don't care about <laughs> girls in bikinis. No? No. I care about girls in bikinis. All right. So last year, all season long, Rory won $22.7 million. It's amazing. Which is nine point five million more than second place. So second place was thirteen million. Dang. So that's the second place. But I wonder like oh right, here we go. We're going down. 
how far can we go down before? All right, there. So 20th place is 4.3 million. Oh, wait, we're still, we're still way over that. Ooh. So they have agents and stuff. I don't know how much all this money actually makes it to their pocket. At that point, you're also paying really high taxes, but there's worse problems in life to have. Mm -hmm. <laughs> all right, so I'm at 101. Okay. The 101st prize money. Yeah, you're at top 100. You're out of the top 100. Out of the top 100. Almost 1.2 million. <laughs> okay. Here we go. So the first guy under a million is 121. Nice. The 121st golfer, ball golf, traditional golf, yeah. made $996,365. Nice. Yeah. How far does this list go down? Oh, that's it. Yeah, what's... Oh, that's... It just goes to 150. So what's 150th? The 150th made $667,792. Yeah, that sounds about 100, 150th place. 150. Yep. For money earned. Yep. Smacking a ball. Yep. <laughs> so obviously it's a much bigger industry. Obviously it's a much bigger sport. Yeah. And... uh People care a lot more about it because it's been around for hundreds of years. Right. Disc golf, even if you go back to like the shadiest origins, has been around for like 40 years. Yeah. I think like I just watched a video on Scott Stokely saying the three most important things to a good forehand. Mm -hmm. um, great video. Yeah. Great video. I watched it. It was great. I was like, I, I fucking love Scott Stokely. Yeah. Um, and I think he accesses the sport at like 44 years old. Mm-hmm. 44 or 46 years old or something from like the first course being put in or whatever it would be. Yeah. Um, so like, you know, we're still 150 years, 200 years behind golf. Yeah. Goff. Goff. Yeah. <laughs> and then also like golf is big money, you know, like all the golf equipment and all that stuff. Yeah. Like, like my setup for golf is like two grand, you know, like, my irons, my woods, my bag. That's include. I, I don't know if that's including the rangefinder or not. Okay. But yeah, it's like two grand. So it's a big difference between that and disc golf. Right. The other thing is like a dozen balls. Like if you're actually using like top level balls, it's over twenty bucks. Right. If you buy them at the course, it's fucking stupid. Yeah. <laughs> it's stupid. You can pay eighteen dollars for three balls. Nice. Yeah. That seems excessive. Yeah. So I'm on a hot streak. I've, the last two rounds of ball golf I've played, I have the same ball. Nice. I fished it out of that little pond because it literally just dribbled in. Yeah. And I didn't. Wanna, <laughs> I didn't want to seem homeless, but I didn't want to lose the ball just so I could say that I didn't lose the ball. Yeah. So for the last 27 or yeah, 27 holes I've played, I've used the same ball. Nice. <laughs> Seems like a hot streak. Does that make me a big deal? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I'm they, not gonna say. They weren't super heavily wooded. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> But <laughs> yeah, you whatever. still tried losing it. Yeah, I, in I a hit, pond that I hit into that pond. wasn't in play. Yeah, I brought it in play. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what? So what would it be like? Just so legitimate. Let's say we're forty-five years in. We'll just round up or down, whatever it is, because we don't whatever. know. We'll round it to the closest five. Forty-five. Yeah. So we're forty-five years in. How far out do you think we are from ten people, the top ten people making over a hundred thousand dollars in prize money? I don't because it, it, it could be like within the next five years. Yeah. Or it could just be within the next 
hundred years. Yeah. It just, like how long does disc golf need to curate to develop a scene of like the scene that you need for it to be engaged enough by the people or yeah. the the companies and, and all of it. Um, like I think that we can get there faster if if for some reason everything gravitated towards it. Like if everything needed to reach here, well, you could walk there and that's going to take longer, or you could like run there. So like if everything in this mixing pot needed to be here and then once this happens then like full-on living like i'm a pro disc golfer and that's all i do right and i make like good money and it's and good money is a hundred grand a year and i i do that right um what it would take i mean personally i think a lot of investment could be done in and i forget if we if you and i just talked about this or if we talked about it on the podcast i don't remember um but having companies invest into their players and having it be more like, I mean, it takes money to make money. So if you're investing your money into players and giving them the opportunity to go and play, really you're investing in yourself, which is to me what I think more of a full sponsorship would be because you're paying them to represent you. And then just by giving them what like they want to go play full time, yeah, you're trying to make your brand the more reputable one the bigger one the whatever your end goal is you're investing in yourself essentially so give that guy the opportunity to get your name out there so maybe like i know Macbeth got picked up young i know feldberg was a part of it that he was like i'm not sure if he's going to be good one day and somebody was kind of like this kid's just good and whatever and uh obviously he is a very good player very yeah. consistent all the way up to the point of like, is he the best of all time or is Climo the best of all time or whatever? And so I I would think like when you brought this up before, I've thought about it. Mm -hmm. So in that situation, what if it was a 10 year contract? Because my issue is I'm Larry's plastic, mm -hmm. right? And like I'm, I finally found my last name for Larry Bateman. That's my new full Larry Bateman. You're going to do yeah. Jason Bateman like that? Jason. No, I'm going to do Patrick Bateman's cousin, <sighs> Larry Bateman. <laughs> Patrick Bateman being the lead character in American Psycho, who I love. Okay. Um, so I'm, I'm going to be Larry Bateman. I finally found Larry's last name. Okay. Anyways, um, so Larry Plastic is like, all right, I, I see this kid, Larry Thrower, mm -hmm. right? And like, we're going to sponsor this guy. Yeah. So I'm going to pay for him to tour, right? I'm going to pay to get him up and going. I'm going to give him the discs that he needs. I'm going to do all that. And like, the let's just call this like the cradling sponsorship. Like, mm -hmm. I'm just going to cradle this kid into a Viking Right, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm going to go through this process to get there. So on my end, I'm going to give you a 10 year contract with minimums that you have to hit. Mm -hmm. Right, like if you're not fulfilling your end of the contract, I'm out. Right, right. Um, I don't know what the maximums would be that then you would get something more. Mm -hmm. But I would need to get you on a 10 year contract. Yeah, and it'd be like, all right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this. Thinking that if I'm putting in this money, obviously for three or four years, you're going to be like maybe making a. a uh, coverage maybe not maybe you're just touring around locally getting your chops together getting all that stuff um and then maybe like the last five years of that tournament like you're actually on coverage or the last five years of that contract you're actually on coverage and doing all this stuff and whatever but i at least have the guarantee that like you're in this yeah um i don't know how many people would do that i don't know how many people would sign up for that and then 
what does that say about that company when that 10-year contract ends and then that person leaves? Mm-hmm. Then does it just come off in public opinion that, well, I just stayed with them because I had to, but now that I have the chance to like use better discs, I'm going to go do that. And then that 10-year contract for that company actually comes off kind of shitty. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how you do it in terms of like long-term payoff, but like if you were going to pay someone to help them like become a legit top-level disc golfer, it would have to be like a 10-year contract. Yeah. Because otherwise you're just throwing fucking money away. Mm-hmm. And what if they get hurt? Yeah. Is it out? You're just out because you can't reach the levels of the contract. And then if you're out of that contract, is there some time that you can't sign another contract? Mm-hmm. Because what if you just faked an injury for six yeah. months so you could be done with Larry Plastic and go sign with Anova? Right. Like once you really started getting good and you're like, oh man, yeah, hamstring, right? Yeah. And then you're like, oh, I can't play for six months. Just avoid that contract and then went and played with Anova. Mm-hmm. All that stuff. There's a lot of risk on the manufacturer side on that. Yeah. There would be some risk on the player side. It depends on how binding that contract was of like you all of a sudden become fucking dope. Yeah. And your contract is just playing, just paying for you to go play. Mm-hmm. Where you could be making, you know, a bunch of money on the side. Right. Yeah. But I think there's opportunity to just like try, I mean, just trying things and seeing what works. But I think, I I mean, I can't speak for disc golf companies and what their goal is to do. If it's yeah. just to sell stuff to people who scalp and then resell it for X amount of dollars. And then they're just making their money because they will always have people buy out their shit. Or do they really want to actually grow the sport? I mean, I think there's more opportunity to make more money if you were to help grow the sport. So if growing it is getting more people involved in a bigger, more in-depth community that you, instead of being like, maybe, I don't know how much they profit a year, but if you profit like a million or two, whatever it is, every year versus, well, if they're... If, if the disc golf community was this big and this involved and all this was going on and tournaments were sponsored and we could sponsor whatever. And this ultimately brings us that 50% more. Yeah. Well, would you want an extra 500,000 or not? Like, yeah, I think most would be like, yeah, I don't, I don't know what their goal is, but if it is to make money, sure. Fine. But, do you always want to make the same amount of money or do you want to like make more money and how to do that? Yeah. But I don't know. Um, I don't know if necessarily like more sponsored people equals more disc golfers equals more sales. Right. And I'm not saying for companies to sponsor a hundred people. Right. Like having companies where you just can get sponsored just because versus if somebody's sponsored by, someone else where it's known like it's hard to get sponsored by those guys yeah but when you get sponsored by those guys they like take care of you so there's an incentive of well what do i need to get sponsored by you like what do i need to hit what do i need to achieve what do i need to strive for to get sponsored by you yeah and then their thing is is if you want to get sponsored by us you have to meet xyz abc whatever but if you do that and we sponsor you we pay for all your tournament fees you have to play x amount of whatever tiers and then at least worlds or whatever it is but we pay for it yeah so you have the ability to do it if you want to so really the only thing is that stopping you is you 
or if like you get injured or whatever legitimately yeah. not like oh, i'm just like playing coy about it um that it's not going to like void your contract like if you're legitimately hurt we'll take care of you because we want you to be like at your peak and whatever right. so if you need on top of it maybe it or um would be like health coverage because again that player is an investment for you so if you're getting like um if you're serious about it and you're trying to get sponsored by that like you're trying to take it as far as you can versus you get sponsored by larry's whatever hey, and Larry's it's really just whatever yeah it's a it, like it's being like it's being sponsored by up in the air yeah. Like at first I was like, oh, a sponsorship. And I'm like, no idea. And then realize like, this really isn't like anything. Like it's nothing yeah. at all. At, to like the most truest form of nothing. Um, there's no real incentive. Like if, if you were saying you were sponsored by Innova versus being sponsored by Up in the Air, well, yeah. one sounds a little more prestigious than the other. Yeah. Because it's like, well, anybody can get sponsored by Up in the Air. You just have to be alive and throw a disc at least once in your life and then you're good yeah versus innova you have to be thousand rated you have to play x amount of tournaments a year have this much earnings not saying that that is how right. they sponsor but right. if that were that i think creating the incentive of being a sponsored professional at least part of maybe generating a um not so shallow sponsorship community or whatever it is, is having standards like pretty, not like crazy steep standards, but something that you would expect from somebody who's invested in the game, who's wanting to get better, who's yeah, but Do, they, do they have that already? I don't know. Like I think to get on like team, what are, I don't know the different levels of teams and I don't spend that much time looking into sponsorships, but I think like in order to actually get on like legit team discraft, right. you have to be over a thousand sponsor. You have to right. be over a thousand rated and, X, Y, and Z, they have other stuff that, like, right. does that. But, like, I don't know if, like, I, I'm, I'm friends with some of the people on a handful of different companies or whatever, but I don't think that they're, it's, it doesn't seem like they're, not that they're not well taken care of, but it's, like, they're still taking money out of their pocket to go do the things that they're trying to do versus, um... Yeah, but I, I think it comes down to the size of the sport at this point. Well, right. Like, each company only has... Yeah, and I'm not saying for them to do all this, like, oh, you're going to invest and pay for medical bills and all your tournaments and all your lodging and whatever, and that's just going to grow the sport. I'm saying that maybe if they get more involved in the community and then down the road, this then becomes a thing where it's more prestigious to be sponsored by X, Y, and Z. Because yeah. now, like, I remember... Uh, back in the days of playing with Jared, like if you were just a sponsored player, it seemed way more prestigious than now. It's like, dude, everybody's sponsored by everybody. Like, not shitting on local teams and whatever. You have your like, you're doing your part in growing the sport, but having like team, uh, like your random generic teams of just like your group of people. I don't want to throw names out there because again, I'm not trying to shit on anybody. But also, there's maybe like tiered things so if you're tiered or if you're sponsored by like your local club or whatever sweet but then when you're sponsored by big people it means something um where there's more of a serious i don't know where i'm, I'm like trying to figure out while i'm explaining 
so how I, this can grow more. Um, but I don't, I, I, one of the bigger things is I don't know why companies like Latitude, Innova, Discraft, Castaplast, whoever, yeah, uh, Dynamic Disc. I mean, they all seem to be doing really well still, like especially like Dynamic. I mean, one, they have three companies, uh, or they don't have, th- they have three companies that can, or that make this conglomerate or whatever. Yeah. Um, maybe they pool like, Hey, you take a little bit of money. We'll take a little bit of, we'll all match each other. And then we'll create like a purse that's giant. I don't know. For sponsoring. Yeah. Like yeah. for a tournament, like make worlds what I think what it should be, which is you win worlds and it's like you get this all this awesome shit. Yeah. Not USDG like winning USDGC is the more prestigious title versus winning worlds, which is I think should be the biggest pool of money. Yeah. The biggest everything like take money and filter it into this. Make it the best it can possibly be. Pay people to be there to help run the tournaments. Pay people to do well at these tournaments and pay the dude who wins a fat stack of cash because he took the time and energy throughout life or practice and everything. And like, here's a hundred grand or something. Like if the three companies took a hundred grand from each one of them, like how, it how big of a hit is that on them to invest in something like this as yeah. to where, even if it's one tournament a year, you have so one chance to, Right, make it big, but that's what know. that's kind of the USDGC, right? So Anova, kind of, yeah, yeah. like Anova, nineteen ninety nine started the USDGC, yeah, and then they put up at the time. It hasn't really grown in terms of like top prize, but at the time was an absorbent amount of money, right? Right, like you could win ten grand. It was more than worlds. It was more yeah. than anything, and they were like, "This is what we're going to do," right? And they have continued to do that, mm-hmm. and then you have like other manufacturers sponsor other majors or other tournaments stuff like that right like the mvp right used to be marshall street or whatever like you have mvp you have uh ddo right the dynamic disc open and you have that stuff like those manufacturers other than sponsoring that tournament but for the sponsor itself like for the the manufacturer itself like it's it just comes down to like a marketing Mm -hmm. like it's it's legit like they're not running a like they have a business plan of how to grow the sport, how to grow the market share, how to do all that, and is putting up a giant purse for a tournament going to make a difference in that? I don't know. I don't know if I it's worth know. the money, like on on their part. Because if you made a prize, like if all of a sudden the dynamic disc opened, you won twenty five grand for first place. Are more people going to watch it? Are more people going to buy discs? Are more people going to you know? What I, mean? I mean, maybe. Because a lot, uh, one of the questions that I've gotten throughout years is like, well, what do you, like, uh, eventually they find out I disc golf or whatever. And then they're like, well, do you make money at that? And like, well, yeah, I mean, technically, yeah, it's not like I make a living off of it or whatever. Like that right. weird thing where it's like, bitches don't just come flowing around because you make all this money or whatever. Right. It's Discraft like, dude, dollars. you could win like your local tournament and make a couple hundred bucks or something. Yeah. But if I were to be like, yeah, no, like. I won this tournament and I made 20 grand. Yeah. I'm sure they'd be like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like you made 20 grand throwing this. Yeah. I made 20 grand. Yeah. Like there's a huge thing. And I think that would show more of a seriousness on the outside community for even just people in your immediate like network where, so I like, Hey, Darren, nice to meet you. Like I heard you 
like play disc golf and you're avid at it and whatever but like do you make anything and you're just like yeah no actually like i play and do this and that and i played really well i took second place at this tournament and i still made five grand or whatever it is yeah i still think that that like in comparison to traditional golf five grand is nothing but in terms of disc golf where the stereotype is you're just out in the woods hucking discs smoking weed or whatever yeah that a lot of that comes with what kind of money can you really make doing something like this? And even if it were like you didn't win and you made $5,000 would kind of, I think, change the tune of, oh, this really isn't just like a stoner sport. Like you can actually make real money doing it. It's not at the same level as other sports, but it's more than what they thought because $5,000 is a lot of money no matter what. Like yeah. even if you're making millions, I think still it's like, you go to spend five thousand dollars on like a shirt it's like you're still spending five grand i don't know yeah i haven't been a millionaire i don't know if it is like that or not yeah um i think to us peons five grand is just a lot of money (laughs) like it's like you said it's a small used car yeah um but to anyone i've ever interacted with if i were to say that i i think i could say hands down for sure everyone would be surprised because it would far exceed what they expected to say i think me saying yeah, I won or I took second place or something and I only made X amount of dollars that they're like, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. So, and I think going into it they're after that, they're not thinking like maybe they enjoy the game themselves, but they don't pursue it anymore because there's nothing more competitive as to where maybe this actually strikes something on top of what they already do. Of like, oh, you can actually like make stuff like money doing this. Yeah. That maybe it's they look into it more maybe they get a little more competitive with it or something i don't know yeah i i I just think that it's a it's a process to get there yeah and like for me i don't think that sponsorship to players translates towards people making more money when they disc golf yeah it would translate more to better players yeah right and i'm i don't say that meaning like that's what's gonna help but yeah. I'm saying having that as a thing to strive for or having like that level at companies, I think maybe not now, but at some point is like needed. Yeah. Um, but I'm saying in taking their money and investing into tournaments or into whatever, maybe again, I don't know. I've never owned a big disc golf manufacturing company or been able to really talk to people about numbers like that. Cause when I do have that chance, it's very like, ah, it's just not going to tell you or whatever right um so i don't know how much of an expense that would be for them or even if like worst case scenario it's just i spent a hundred grand and got no return like how much of a hit is that really like a hundred grand hit yeah yeah i mean i get that but in five thousand dollar shirts yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's twenty five thousand dollar shirts yeah 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 twenty shitty used cars yeah um but in in thinking of like growing that, like that's I mean risk reward. I mean yeah. the sport itself. Uh, if the risk is you're out a hundred grand with nothing to show for it, yeah. versus you have a whatever percent chance, like fifty percent chance that you create like a good growth in whatever you're showing that like you're more serious about it or something, and that just sponsoring a tournament where it's like. I mean, how many times have you seen a hundred thousand dollars added cash to a tournament, and then you're like, 
well, a hundred grand and there's a hundred pros and I know I can beat 50% of these pros. Right. But the thing that brings the hundred grand added cash in is because there's 4 million people watching. Mm -hmm. That's what's going to bring it. Right. Like Century 21 uh, sponsored the last tournament. Right. Mm -hmm. So you have Century 21 kicked in the money for advertising for their for the coverage you know mm-hmm. what i mean and it's and and so they have like two commercials three commercials embedded in the coverage that you watch or fast forward through or whatever but at least they're there on every little half an hour video that you watch a post-production so if the tournament's three rounds and each one's two right you're watching at least four to six century 21 commercials per round right you're watching 18 18 century 21 commercials and it's worth yeah. it to century 21 because they're getting 18 commercials in front of a million people right so i think like the money going in and the prize money and all that stuff goes up by by advertising revenue and that comes from more people caring about and watching disc golf yeah and i think it's a process that you get the ball rolling like the more prize money there is there's more people that are going to care there's more people that are going to work towards that there's more people that are going to tune in than the more advertising dollars you're going to get in and it's going to be a ball that keeps rolling right we're at this like kind of like slow roll, but it's definitely yeah. better because it's like trying to make a snowball and the snow just isn't sticky enough or whatever. Yeah. Like it's <laughs> well, it's, it's, we're still at like a small snowball. Yeah. Because even if you look at like 2001, the top player was about 25,000. Yeah. So we're almost 20 years later. We're 18 years later when yeah. we look up Paul for 2019 and it's 57,000. It's right. over doubled. Yeah. In 19 years. Right. Um, so, what I was going to say earlier too is so the first year they had it, you said first place made ten grand or whatever. Yeah. And then I remember when Shoestrick won it, and it was what like 2010, 11, somewhere in that area. So about ten years later, or so he wins the tournament that Itava started at ten thousand dollars, and he got a little more than that. I don't remember what it was, like thirteen or fourteen, I think. Yeah. It might it might be slightly more. Um but I think and then from there to now, I think the number's about the same or maybe less. Because I remember at one point Schusterick won tens of thousand or not tens of thousands, but like ten thousand plus dollars. And then a few years later whoever won it then made seven thousand dollars and it's like well the money kind of like receded so from that point in time from when it started the prize pool is still same ish yeah um so i don't know i think possibly just being able even just in word of mouth me telling people who they still they're interested in the game they're casual or whatever being able to say like, yeah, I play competitively and I make X amount of money doing it. And that X amount isn't, I make a couple hundred dollars every now and then or whatever it is versus like, yeah, I make like a couple thousand dollars a, um, a weekend, like every tournament or whatever that I go to, that there'd be more like automatically more interest because then they're part of a sport where it's like, dude, if I got good enough, I could also be making like, a couple thousand like a weekend or something like that so maybe when becoming more of a weekend warrior isn't so grindy versus like you just you're striving to get something better like i think it's sparking more of an interest in the sport in that word of mouth when people ask because if i'm getting asked 
I'm not the only one getting asked that same question for sure. Like it's possible that I am, but the likelihood is, I don't know the difference between top earner in disc golf versus ball golf or whatever. Right. Um, But even even if you look at like ball golf, right? So the amount of money that went up, the amount of prize money that went up with Tiger Woods was insane. Mm -hmm. Like prize money in golf exploded when Tiger Woods started playing. Like Mm -hmm. if you go back to like the late eighties and the prize money they got, it was still a lot of money, but it was nothing compared to once Tiger Woods started playing because the viewership went through the roof. You had people that did not play golf, didn't give a shit about golf tuning in on Sunday to watch this guy just kick the shit out of the rest of the world. Yeah. And then unbeknownst to us, get into a, touring van full of like swedish supermodels yeah you know like (laughs) if you had coverage for that like man the money that would be in golf now would be insane but yeah um yeah so like you had someone that brought a lot of people to view golf and get sponsors involved in golf because now all of a sudden there's all these crazy people watching golf and then it stuck a lot more people same thing like you're talking about like a lot of people got involved in golf being like i want to be like tiger woods Mm -hmm. who normally would have never played golf yeah and like now like i talk about like where you had Paul and then you had like people improve upon it. And now you have people growing up with like proper mechanics and you're watching like, you know, Calvin Heinberg and, you know, Thomas Gilbert and Anthony Barella and even, you know, Eagle and these young guys who like grew up with proper mechanics playing. You're like, wow. And you're at that point now with ball golf and ball golf has been around for, you know, hundreds of years. Yeah. So you have now all of these guys playing who grew up watching tiger as a little kid. Yeah. And now you have like a group of guys other than recently, you know, DeChambeau, but you have a group of guys yeah. who grew up watching Tiger and were like, if that's possible, I want to do that. Yeah. And then it just exploded golf. <clears throat> and now you have top money earner winning, winning $15 million for winning the FedEx cup. Right. And winning like the, you know, the, the tour championship. Yep. Um, so I think you need that in golf, like in disc golf that you need people that are going to bring people to watch disc golf, or you need something that's going to bring people to watch disc golf. That's going to keep them engaged in disc golf and be like, wow, I want to do that. Yeah. And yeah, prize money is one way word of mouth to do that. But I think there's no way to get to like big prize money without big viewership. Yeah. Unless you just had manufacturers being like, yeah, we think it's going to like drive business models to like throw more money into prize money. And I don't think, um, I don't think that they, I don't think they look at it that way. And I don't know if that would actually pay off because I don't know if you're going to get more people to watch knowing that it was like, you know, worth a ton of money. Yeah. So I don't know because I think it's just growing. I think it's growing pretty quickly now, just organically without giant purses, but you still have to look at like the money's doubled in 18 years. Mm -hmm. Like you went from 25 grand to 57 grand or whatever it is that Paul made in 18 years. And I think it's kind of like a, you know, I don't think it's a linear growth. I think it's going to be more of like an exponential growth. And so in 18 years from now, what is the top prize winner going to be? Is yeah. it going to be double that? I would say it's probably going to be more than double that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, like back to the original, like I, I would think probably within 10 years, you'll have 10 guys making over a hundred grand a year. Yeah. Well, you know, and I, I think like, you know, we had some things of it being on CBS sports. Uh, one, it was COVID, but two, it happened. Mm-hmm. Right. And then I think it like, you look at Jomez, and I remember like getting to a hundred thousand subscribers was like a giant deal. And they're like 200,000 subscribers and like, I'll watch mm-hmm. coverage the next day. And it's already had like, you know, hundred thousand views or something. On right. It. And, uh, I, I think that the sport in terms of people engaging with it and everything grows all the time and that that's what you need. And then the money will follow as people get more and more engaged. Yeah. 
as long as you know there's something driving it like there's yeah. a business end driving it it'd be sweet if we could get like some manufacturer to like give us some information yeah yeah, but I don't, yeah. I, don't, I don't think that uh, on their end, again, it's not going to make sense. Well, yeah, but I'm, I'm curious to see what they have to say. Yeah. Like, what are your interests? Like, where, like, is it like you really want to grow or is it making money? Or like, how do you see, like, your plan of attack of growing the sport? Yeah. Like, what's your game plan? How, um, what's the forecast for it? Is it going as planned? Is it? not or what like yeah even before covid like what what was going on i don't know so i i would look at it in terms of like this craft has to be like yeah it's totally going great yeah it's totally going as planned right like they had a new fresh approach to what they were doing Mm -hmm. because they had just been kind of living off of being this craft for however long it was and they did what they did and then they made a change and they were like we're gonna go get this Mm -hmm. like this is a market that's actually like going somewhere if we inject X, Y, and Z and Q, we can really make this a big thing. And the turnaround in Discraft's market share is insane. Mm-hmm. And it's because they did approach it with like, we're going to get a bunch of big names. We're going to have them throw Discraft. We're going to come out with a bunch of new plastics that are better, more consistent. We're going to have the best players in the world come and play, some of the best players in the world come and play for us and get their their feed you know, their, their, uh, their feedback and their, um, insight into like what makes good discs, what we can do better, what we can do all that. And they attacked it that way. Other companies had previously been doing that. And you had like the two, two major manufacturers, at least in the U S of Discraft and Nova kind of asleep at the wheel for a long time. Yeah. But you had like dynamic discs and latitude 64 and West side discs and pro discus and all these other companies like really driving like how can we make better plastics how can we make better discs how can we do this and like being much more proactive in terms of like making molds interacting with their pros doing all that stuff and that's why they had like the new younger pros because like they liked that engagement and they found it to be more beneficial to go out and find these people and get them going and you know even Discmania, who's manufactured through Innova, but they're their own thing like they went out and found simon when he was a young guy mm-hmm. ego when he was a young guy you know like for a while before discraft made any moves like it really looked like this mania had all the like young guys coming up that were going to be sweet. Yeah. You know, like they had a little power pack team of like buck and most of those guys have stayed with disc mania. Yeah. So, yeah. And that was that, uh, that was the company I was referring to where it's just like, you do have a couple companies that are prestigious and disc mania is, I think one of them where it's, they just have a handful of people really. And most of them are pretty sweet Yeah, and they're pretty loyal. Yeah. Like Simon's been with them since forever. I don't since know. Since a kid. Birth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they have a combine, yep. right? They're actually like picking up people based on skill sets, yep. right? Avery Jenkins is very active in terms of like player development. Mm-hmm. They seem like they're a pretty decently knit community in terms of like working with each other. Yeah. So when earlier when you were talking about stuff, I think your local club team, right? Like we're, so we're both on small city disc golf. Yeah. And so our team is more of like what I would look at as like a wrestling team, mm-hmm. right? So like when you have wrestling or a weightlifting team or whatever it is, right? That's separate than like everyone being spe- like, so for weightlifting, right? Um, everybody's sponsored by Rogue. That's like the most prestigious yeah. one. Like you got all the Rogue shit with sweet buckles. And yep. Those collars are holding the weights on in some way I don't even understand. <laughs> yeah. Whatever it is. Um, but you still have like team like Spirit Wolf, or something right or like maybe it's the team named after the gym that you all work out at or whatever it is 
And that is like more of we as a group are working together to become great. Mm-hmm. So you used to have it with MMA gym. You still do it with MMA gyms, but like way back in the day when people were figuring out MMA, mm-hmm. like MMA is younger than disc golf. Yeah. It's obviously going to be easier to market one because it's in a stationary place. Yeah. So when you pay to have that sign up on the yeah. side of the cage or on the mat inside the cage, like everybody's going to see it the whole time. Yeah. Part of the thing with disc golf. And to film it is very easy. Very easy. <laughs> right. And to yeah. collect a crowd is very easy. And there's violence, yeah. which people love. Yeah. So that's an easy thing like to get it to go. But when, you know, like it started in the in the early to mid 90s. Right. Yeah. But when it started then like, OK, this is a thing. It was like, holy shit, this is sweet. Once it got going, then you had teams. Right. So like Militich fighting system, Pat Militich put together a team of these like farm boy fucking wrestlers. Mm-hmm. But he figured out like how to make it MMA wrestling, what striking to work on, what everything. So like now everybody kind of works on the same stuff. They may have, they may be a specialist in one thing. Yeah. Right. And they have rounded out their whole game. So everybody knows wrestling for takedown and takedown defense. Everybody knows Muay Thai for striking. Everybody knows Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Right. And then you supplement it with some other stuff that's like a little bit of a crossover in all those things. Yeah. But when it started, you had like a wrestler fighting a Taekwondo guy. Right. And like a judo person. We're like, now that's not a thing. But the way that that became not a thing is you had these groups and they was a team. So I forget what the fucking team out of Brazil was. Anyways, you had like Vanderlei Silva and all those guys out of that team. Mm-hmm. And they were like dominant. And then you had like P- Pat Militich with the Militich fighting system. Like they had every fucking champion. You had like Tim Silva as like the heavyweight champion. I forget who their light heavyweight champion was. You had like Matt Hughes as welterweight. And like you had, um, I don't know if Franklin fought with them, but you basically had like a whole squad of dudes. And like they went there, like we're the guys. We're wrestling against each other. We're like working our skills out with each other. We're figuring out a system together. We're doing this. And then they go and compete as like this squad. They all have separate sponsorships by whoever's fucking cauliflower ear cream or whatever the spon- you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. like affliction or bad boy or whatever the sponsorships were back at the time yeah but that had nothing to do with the team you know what i mean because like when you're sponsored by discraft it's not like you're calling up chandler fry and being like hey man i need some help with this yeah. i'm gonna swing by yeah right and you're not like yeah. <laughs> hey barham i need help on my like circle two putting what are you doing on wednesday yeah Because he's doing his own shit and he's got his own thing going on. So I think the value of the, and what I take out of and give to the value of like the local team setup is like, I have a group of people that I'm associated with who are all very dedicated to their progress in disc golf. And then I work with them. Like you and I work together and like are always trying to work things out, whatever. And that team, I think in that sponsorship is more identifying like, I'm down with these guys and like, we're working to figure this out. So when I go places like, like we have, you know, the Viking Industrial Design like training center and yeah. gym and like, you know, yeah. the studio now. Sports store. Right, whatever it is. Yeah. But like as a group, like we're all trying to work towards that goal of like how to become great and then individually making ourselves as great as we can be. Yeah. And so I think that that's a different thing than like being sponsored by a store or being sponsored by like mitten bags or being sponsored by some other like maker or seller of goods mm-hmm. that then like you know, those goods are in some way making you better or you're representing those goods or that thing. So I, I think like 
the team membership, like your local team group, whatever it is, membership. I think that it's more of like, these are the guys that I'm with and we're trying to get good. Yeah. And some, some teams are like more proactive in terms of like working together and trying to get there. And some teams are just like, we smoke more weed than everyone else on the course. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like we're the team that's going to show up fucking drunk oh and annoying. God. Yeah. You, know? you want to play like carb your buddy. Yeah. Well, you don't want to play with us. Yeah. We'll kill you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so there's, you know, there's different things, but for me, that local team and the reason why I'm on the team that, you know, that we're on is because like, that's the thought process behind it. Yeah. You know, so I try to make myself available to those guys and then those guys try to make themselves available to me to like work out the kinks and, you know, like, yeah, let's do this. Let's do that. Let's work on this. Let's work on that. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know, like the, the sponsorship thing and we've, Oops. we've talked about it before. Like, I, I think you will get to the point. I, I think like we're looking at different parts of it. You and I, like in this conversation, like we're looking at different parts of it, but I think it's all like after a certain level of progress, mm -hmm. you know, like once there's enough people that view and care about and support disc golf and disc golf sponsors, you know what I mean? Non-manufacturer non sponsors or manufacturer sponsors, um, you know, and, and then there's enough money like injected into the sport that then I think the manufacturers are going to care more about their guys being on the coverage. Yeah. And then they're going to do more to have their sponsorships, you know, to have those guys on coverage. Yeah. And I think it'll all just kind of like play itself out. I'm just interested to see and the one that I think about is like collegiate disc golf. Like how does that go? Because it doesn't come down to viewership. You know what I mean? You have section nine, which is a, a law that was made stating that like women's sports get the same amount of support as men's sports and that all sports get supported by the school regardless of revenue generated. Mm -hmm. Because before it used to be like the football team, you know, at some of these universities makes tens of, if not hundreds of millions of dollars for the university. Yeah. So those guys like have a barber shop, yeah. you know, like a giant, crazy state of the art workout center with like crazy elite trainers and like all this stuff, all their supplements, all everything like ready for them. And then you have like the women's diving team and they're like, <laughs> they're like at their local, you know, like city pool, like trying to put a, yeah. trying to put a run together to be yeah. the national <laughs> Meanwhile, champions. Meanwhile, there's kids just jumping around. <laughs> yeah. There's people like jumping into the pool and you're like trying to dive and like all the fucking uh, football players like dripping in swag, you know, just like, yeah, I'm here. Um, yeah. So they, so they made rules to like prevent, you know, like sports not being supported based on how much revenue they bring in. Yeah. So I think at some point, like disc golf, as it jumps in popularity and as there's like a, a, a movement toward it, like there will be collegiate teams. Like right now, the collegiate teams are clubs. Mm -hmm. It's like Ferris State's disc golf club. Yeah. Uh, they don't have they don't have scholarship players. There's not the same requirements as like the NCAA and all that stuff. And it's just a club. And so you have like these club kind of playing against each other. It's like an organized intramural setup. Yeah. Intercollegiate intramural, basically. Yeah. Um, but I wonder if it was a thing of that it was a collegiate sport and you could get a scholarship, would people do that? Mm -hmm. And what would those people look like? Right. You know what I mean? And what's the rules? Because with collegiate sports, you can't take anything. You can't take any money. You can't take any stuff from an outside. So you couldn't be sponsored by Discraft and play for U of M. Okay. Because Discraft is giving you stuff. You can't do it. Yeah. Even if somebody bought you a pair of tennis shoes, you could lose like all your shit and get the university in trouble. Really? Yeah. Like mm. they like yeah, and it happens all the time. Because someone gifted them like a Lamborghini. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, oh shit. <laughs>
but I wonder what that would be. So you have like Kyle Klein right now, who would be or is, I don't know if he's going on to school online or what, but he'd be a freshman in college. Yeah. And he's out there killing it on the tour. Um, would someone at that level be willing to not go on the tour or not accept cash? Because you can't accept cash and be an amateur mm-hmm. in collegiate sports. So you'd never be able to accept cash and you'd have to play. But you could get a college scholarship. Yeah. Which obviously by the prize money we're looking at is worth way more yeah. than the money you're going to get on tour. Yeah. So I don't know. It would be interesting. It would be funny as fuck if your kid accidentally like took money at a B tier when they were like 17. And you told them like, don't do it. But that week you were like stuck at work. Yeah. Then they came home with $75. <laughs> and you were like, you stupid son of a bitch. I hope that $75 can pay for four years of college, yeah. you fuck. You yeah. know, like... <laughs> You just blew your chance to get any kind of scholarship. And then knock him right in the forehead. Yeah. yeah. There you go, Walter. Good luck. Larry. Larry. But I, I don't know. Like, if that was available, I mean, that would that would be my goal, like, in disc golf. You know, that, like, my kid could go to college playing and play disc golf. And then, yeah. like, afterward, there would be something available to him where as long as his body was able to do it, he could play disc golf and make a living at it. Yeah. You know? I just don't know. I don't know how all that works out. There's a lot of details to be figured out. Obviously, yeah. you couldn't be smoking weed either. Yeah. Right? Because they drug test NCAA students. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that would help legitimize the sport. I think that that would really help to legitimize the sport. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they have spike ball championships for college. Do they? Yeah. Nice. I don't know if you can get a scholarship to play spike ball for a university. Maybe. But they have, like, huge, huge tournaments and collegiate championships and all that. I don't know if it's an NCAA sport or not. You can do it for spike ball. You can do it for disc golf. Yeah. I don't see why not. Yeah. I think it could work. <laughs> yeah. So. I wish right. we had the answers. Yeah. Well, we'll find out. Because we're just speculating. So. Yeah. yeah time, we'll see. time will tell. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I guess, you know, just buy the, if you're going to buy goods, buy the goods of the people that sponsor disc golf. Yeah. Yeah. Support them. Support them. Mm-hmm. Then they'll be like, I sponsored disc golf. That's what'll really drive it. Instead of like, how much did you make playing disc golf? It would be like, how much was your sales impacted by sponsoring disc golf? Yeah. If it was like, oh, I sponsored, you know, like we were a whole sponsor on this fucking tournament and then our sales went up 10%, you know, the next month. Mm-hmm. That would be the thing that would drive you to $25,000 winning yeah. prizes. That would oh, be the yeah. biggest one. Oh, yeah. Even like the sponsorships on the skins matches and everything. And those are like fairly minimal sponsorships. It's like, Long drive, here's a hundred bucks for a yep. long drive on this hole or whatever the fuck. Yep. And then I, some code to get whatever off of your discount. But like you get your name out there. Yep. And I'll go on there. I for sure, I've been on OTB many a time just to try to find what it is that I'm looking for or whatever. And so now that's just in like my arsenal of if I'm shopping for whatever, that's yep. a site that I just go to. Yep. So it's not even like a one time thing. It's just now you're just in someone's. Rolodex, (laughs) mental Rolodex of stuff. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I don't know. And that's something that I I meant to talk to Dave about for the next gen tournaments and everything is like, dude, you should just hop on to there. Like, why not? I know we've talked about it before, but I mean, anyways, what's support sponsor like a CTP or yeah, something just get the name out there. Yeah. Um, or maybe he has, and they just weren't about it. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but either way, totally help support just disc golf, whatever. Yeah. 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 Your local sponsors and yes. all that. Yeah. Cause that, that's the biggest one that'll drive it. 
Yeah. You know, and that's where I'm saying like if dynamic discs, instead of it being, I don't know what the DDO payouts are, but instead of it being $5,000, if they put like $10,000 as the prize money, is it going to make more people watch? Is it going to drive in any way the retail response to that tournament? Mm-hmm. They've probably figured, they've obviously figured by their calculations that it wouldn't. And yeah. that's why they don't do it. Yeah. So, or something. I don't yeah. know. Maybe they didn't think of it. Seems really unlikely, but <laughs> I'm sure all yeah. of their players yeah. have mentioned it to them. <laughs> like, I'm sure they have a questionnaire of like, what would make your sponsorship better or what would make your disc golf interaction better? I guarantee they all said yeah. better prize money and more out of my sponsorship. Oh, yeah. yeah. For sure. So I'm sure it's been brought to their attention yeah. at least. But once. I mean, that's, that's why it would be sweet if somehow just having some sort of answer from them. Yeah. Like, whoever it is yeah what it really is just to have a better understanding instead of just speculating yeah. and guessing and then just like maybe we're right maybe we're not i don't know yeah <laughs> so anyways cool you ready to work out yeah let's get you looking sleepy let's fucking get I'm it concerned oh. have to do more pre-workout <laughs> all right let's do it bye everybody cue the little kids spinning <laughs> 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 <laughs>